Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ambrose Asylum. in a while to say this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Stunner Wrestling Inc. I am your host, the icon, Stephen James, joined this week by Derek Stark. What's up, Derek? Oh, the the clear blue sky, uh, blood pressure, and the fact that Ryback is not wrestling right now. Yeah, the big guy's uh, sitting on his ass in front of a slot machine in his hometown of Las Vegas, you know, hoping that somebody there comes up and asks him for an autograph or some shit. Jesus Christ, there's been a lot that's gone on since the last time uh, I've done anything here on Stunner Wrestling, Inc., and of course, we are not going to go over all of that because, well, we would be here for a week just talking about everything that's happened in the last... Damn, when was I last on the air doing... Dunner. That was, um, God, was that SummerSlam of last year? I believe so. I think it was you and I, and I think we were joined by Chris Master as well, and we were possibly going to do a Royal Rumble and WrestleMania of this year, but we never got around to it, so. Well, that was pretty much my fault. I had to, you know, go and do something stupid like, uh, expand my family. I, in that time, I got married and uh, picked up two more kids along the way. 
and moved and got in a car accident and it's uh, it's it's been a wild few months for me. So, but uh, finally got everything in life settled down and yeah, about a little over a week ago, I was sitting around the house. I was actually get, just finished watching Monday Night Raw and. I looked over at the wife and I said, I think it's time. And she's like, time for what? I said, time to go back to start doing Stunner again. And she looked at me with this very sweet smile and said, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I looked, I looked at her like she was insane. She's like, I'm kidding. Hopefully it'll you know, keep you in a better mood having somewhere to vent your frustrations out instead of bitching at me. It's like, okay, you know, this is why I love you. <laughs> <laughs> It is always important to find that one person that understands you. Exactly. And, I mean, she's great about it. She was actually, uh, you know, she was planning on staying awake so that she's like, I want to I want to watch you do the show. I'm like, I, I really wish you wouldn't. <laughs> it's like, if you want to listen to it from another room, that's great. You know, something along those lines. I was like, but, uh, you know, I, if I say something funny and you start laughing, I don't have to explain to everybody, you know, who the person in the background is laughing. And this isn't exactly uh, a show meant to be viewed. It's meant to be listened to, of course. So, and she didn't make it to midnight anyway. She's, you know, peacefully sleeping in our bed. So. Well, while the good people are sleeping, we can get to talking about everything that's happened because there has been a lot. There has. And the first subject, uh, and normally we would have a 10-bell audio set up, but uh, we lost a lot of our audio uh, in our producer's move because he uh, had a computer take a crap on him and lost a lot of our audio files, and we haven't been able to get the majority of them replaced yet. Uh, But the first thing I want to talk about is something I predicted well over a year ago. As a matter of fact, it was just before last year's Hall of Fame ceremony when China was doing all these weird-ass YouTube videos and obviously drunk and or on some form of drugs during that time. And I remember very clearly on the show, it stated many times, if someone does not get this crazy bitch some help, she's going to be dead in a year. Turns out I was wrong. It took just a little over a year, but uh, China is now dead. Um, how, did they ever get an official cause of death, or are we just running under the assumption still that it was a drug overdose? Uh, I believe they said that she was on some some form of medication. Uh, hold on, let me uh, pull it up on wikipedia your source for pretty much everything on celebrities live or dead um bless wikipedia (laughs) i know right um says here uh she had been taking medication for anxiety and insomnia a statement posted to her twitter account confirmed the death her brain has been donated to science to study the effects of chronic traumatic encephalopathy Wow, that sounds... I don't know what the hell that is, to be honest. I really don't. Uh, it's pretty much a progressive degenerative disease found in people who had severe blows or repeated blows to the head. Uh, it was previously called dementia. 
Pugilistica. Okay, so basically, like any professional wrestler or athlete in any type of contact sport that dies, no matter what the actual reason behind it is, they're trying to blame it on fucking concussions. Yeah, football, hockey, stunt performing, bull riding, motorcycles, uh, yeah, contact sports like that, yeah. You know, I, I'm sure, you know, I've discussed this a, a number of times over the past few years, uh, mainly in regards to Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. I, but I am so sick and tired of everybody blaming every single athlete's death on concussions. It has nothing to... Don't get me wrong. Concussions are bad. And WWE obviously has taken a lot of steps. You know, they used to just send people out, you know, what, you had a concussion? That's what you seem fine today. You trash in the ring. Now, you know, you got to go through a battery of tests that I'm sure, you know, the talent has to pay for themselves for the most part because, you know, they don't get health insurance and well, probably rightly so. I mean, can you imagine what the what the health insurance premiums would be for a professional wrestler? I can pretty much expect it to be in like the four, three to four digits range. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking it would probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, probably about fifteen hundred dollars a month, and mm-hmm. I imagine you know it wouldn't cover a whole hell of a lot. And that's if you could find an insurance company that wouldn't just start laughing their ass off. I mean, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure professional football players still qualified to get health insurance and things like that. But, yeah, you know, so I'm not sure exactly how the whole health insurance thing works. Uh, that's a question, uh, you know, maybe I should look up and actually answer on a future edition of Stunner Wrestling Game because that's... Uh, Imagine that's got to be a very important thing when you put your ass on the line, yep. you know, whether or not you can get health insurance. Because I know football players and basketball players and bull riders and things like that, they all can get health insurance. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet they pay a, a, a very steep price to get it, too. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you got to take a look into consideration, you know, like how many, how much money these athletes make every night performing along with, you know, selling merchandise and all that, so. Right, and, and you know, anybody that uh, that knows anything about professional wrestling, granted, if you are in the indie leagues or TNA, uh, you're probably not making a huge, you know, bankroll, but, you know, most of these guys do it because it's a business that they love. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys don't, you know, uh, there's a lot of indie leagues uh, in the uh, greater Memphis area where I live. And, you know, half the time you can walk into your local Walmart and, you know, see them in there, you know, stocking shelves the day after a match because, yep. you know, being being a professional wrestler does not pay a lot of money into, unless, of course, you hit the big time. And let's face it, 99% of professional wrestlers never hit the big time. Yeah, I mean uh Luke Harper, he didn't he didn't even make it in the in the big leagues in WWE until a few years ago and he was already in his I think early 30s I think at that time. So, I mean, look at AJ Styles, he's finally in WWE now and he's in his mid 30s. 
Granted, although AJ is one of the exceptions, he he is a guy that has been constantly making big paychecks oh, yeah. uh, for probably the last ten, twelve years. He was making big paychecks even before TNA. I mean, he was already a very well established uh, indie league star in uh, the U.S. and he was a huge, huge star in Japan. And that's you know that's what a lot of the bigger names that aren't with the WWE will do is, you know, they'll do their, you know, they'll do some indie dates, of course, in the U.S., but anytime money gets a little bit tight, you know, they get booked, uh, you know, by either New Japan or Antonio Inaki's promotion, and they go out to Japan, and, you know, what they get paid out there can make some of the low-level WWE guys jealous because, you know, Japan is a huge, huge payday, for established stars. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and just think that when uh that back in the 80s, 90s, Vader when he was done with WCW where where he was making a pretty decent wage, he went over to Japan, made a really good decent really good wage, and then he went to WWE where he did some really good things. No, exactly. I mean even uh you know, you looked at somebody like Brock Lesnar, who after he left the WWE and had a very failed football career, before he went to uh, UFC and became a huge name there. When he needed money, he went to Japan and wrestled. Yep, and he did a and he did a really damn good job there too. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest uh, and one of the best matches of Brock Lesnar's career took place in Japan. It was him and Kurt Angle and. I mean, go go onto YouTube and pull that match up, people, and watch that match. It was one of Lesnar's best matches. So, I mean, I, you know, you can definitely make a lot of money in Japan. Getting back to China, though, she made money in Japan uh, a little bit differently. After her little porn career, she decided to go and live in Japan and actually did not wrestle or do porn during that time. She was actually... A teacher, really? Which I, yeah, she uh, she actually taught English. Huh, that's not bad. No, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, whatever problems you know she had mentally uh, won't take anything away from her intelligence. She was a very, very intelligent woman, which makes her death even more sad because. When you're that smart, you have to know what all this crap you're putting in your body is doing to you, what you're doing to yourself, and the addiction takes hold, and you do it anyway. It, yep. It's it's a horrible thing. And, and the, the one of the worst things about her death is it was really barely even acknowledged. It was picking up steam real quick when it happened. It was going to be probably the number one news story in the country until the very, very next morning, you know, news broke fairly late at night about her death and it was starting to pick up steam. But the next morning, somebody had to overshadow her. And, of course, everybody knows what that story is. And that was because it was Prince. Yeah, that uh, that death not only rocked, uh, you know, the United States, but I live in Minnesota where Prince lived and that, that shook Minnesota right down to the very core. That was like if Jesse Ventura died, you know, on that kind of level. Right. I mean, uh, 
you know, Minnesota is very, very proud of its hometown heroes, uh, particularly yep. those that don't leave Minnesota behind. I mean, you know, he was one of the biggest names in music history. And what happens? He doesn't pack up and move to L.A. or New York or, you know, somewhere where the music industry is, you know, really known to take place. He didn't even go to fucking Nashville. He stayed yep. right there in you know, just a few miles away from the house where he grew up in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course, that death, that death very much overshadowed China very quickly. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, you know, China, she did she did a lot for the uh, wrestling industry in terms of what a woman can do. I mean, she became an intercontinental champion, which was something that you'd never seen before. That was only men holding that title. She entered the Royal Rumble, and... That was something that you never seen a woman do either, and she blazed the way for uh, Awesome Khan, aka Karma, in when she was in WWE, and Beth Phoenix to be in the Royal Rumble as well. So, right, and I mean to this day she still holds the distinction of being the only female IC champion ever. Yep, there hasn't even been another woman who has challenged for it and lost. I mean, she's the only woman that ever on a regular basis on that large of a stage, got in there with the guys and mixed it up on a very regular basis. Yep. Yeah, you don't uh, see that anymore. I mean, I mean, Beth Phoenix used to, like, you know, go after Santino Morella, but then again, you know, he's not that really big of a guy. I mean, it's not like she wrestled uh, Undertaker or whatever, so. Right. But, I mean, you look at China, there was a match where she won the Intercontinental Championship was at a pay-per-view against Jeff Jarrett, and it was the, to my knowledge, the one and only kitchen sink match, which was, you know, everything allowed, including the kitchen sink, and the kitchen sink was used in that match. Yep, I think they called it a good housekeeping match. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was the kitchen sink match, but, the, I mean, either way, you should look at it. I mean, you know, she she was in there and literally held her own and, granted, scripted, of course, but beat one of the greatest professional wrestlers in history. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's also gone on to have great matches with people like Eddie Guerrero, uh, Mm -hmm. Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. Just numerous, numerous men that she would go in there and would literally hold her own. Mm Mm-hmm. She really did a lot for the wrestling business, and I would not be surprised if she ended up inducted into next year's WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. Well, I mean, I you know, I, I've always maintained I, I believe she should have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Then, but the reason that she wasn't was the career path that she took after the fact. I mean, you know, it's one thing to have a sex tape released. Obviously, yep. you know, WWE doesn't have an issue with that. They still let Hogan go out there. But <laughs> then, you know, every, you know, sometimes you can't control what gets released which is kind of funny because it was Waldman that released it, and he's been back a million times. But, mm-hmm. he, but to, you know, after the fact, she went, well, that sold really well. Fuck it, I'll just do porn. And WWE went, oh, yeah, uh, about that. Uh, sorry, <laughs> nope. And I can understand WWE's point of view. They're supposed to be, you know, a brand of entertainment for the entire family to enjoy, and you can't induct a porn star into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Not not while she's alive, because she could 
technically look, look what Sonny did. And well, you're not and you're not gonna hear what WWE talking about Sonny because you know, she wore her Hall of Fame ring in a fucking porn movie and that's exactly what they were afraid would happen with China. Yep. Should have been a little more concerned about Sonny, but Yeah, I don't know why they'd be more concerned with Sonny. I mean she's been on a on a path of uh now I'm not gonna say destruction, but on a downward spiral for quite a while after after even she was inducted into the Hall of Fame anyways. Yeah, you know, look for a minute there uh, during uh, the the period of time before her induction and shortly thereafter. You know, she really looked like she was starting to pull her shit back together, and then boom, here come the arrests, here come the fucking random drunk shit, and now she, you know, released her own porn video. And my God, have you seen that? I actually got it on DVD. Wow. You are a fan. I downloaded it. I downloaded it illegally just because, you know, I wanted to see it, but I also know what kind of shape Sonny's in these days, and don't get me wrong. um, You know, if I was a single man and Sonny offered it up, I'd hit it in a heartbeat, but uh, just because she's Sonny. Yeah, I mean, mean, you know, if my next-door neighbor, you know, came over looking what Sonny does and offered it up, and I was single, I'd be like, "Uh, nope. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, could you just think about about you back back in high school, you know, talking about wrestling with your friends, being like, dude, I just slept with Sonny. You'd be like the king of that high school for at least 10 years. Right, yeah. yeah. yeah they, they put my picture up in the trophy case. Here's Stephen James, slept with Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, but now you sleep with Sonny and people look at you and go, why? why? Go get tested. Yeah, yeah, no, right. And I, I actually got the Sony DVD, and I think I actually got one of the China DVDs as well. And to be honest, I wasn't really that that impressed with the uh, a porn DVD. I actually liked the sex tape she made with Xbox a lot better, I think. But. You know, uh, I know she did, what, three professional ones? She did uh, that first one, the uh, Backdoor to China. Then she mm-hmm. did the mock wrestling one, which was, to me, just in bad taste and also another big reason why she never got into the Hall of Fame because the whole damn thing mocked WWE, including having, you know, the, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there was a, a threesome scene in there with China and somebody portraying Vince and somebody portraying Stephanie. Uh Yep, there was uh, one night in China, another night in China. Backdoor to China, that's the one that I got. Uh, China is the Queen of the Ring, Avengers Triple X, a porn parody, and She-Hulk Triple X, a porn parody, where she both played She-Hulk in those two videos. Yeah, I mean, and I and I've saw I've seen clips of the uh, the Avengers and She-Hulk one and. I I don't find that you know not it's not my cup of tea. I don't want to see somebody covered in green paint having sex. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if somebody was covered in shit having sex, pretty much. But I, I will say that that uh, the first one that uh, the first professional one that she released, though, the back door to China, mm-hmm. I, I was damn interested in seeing that just because I was curious to what as to whether or not she would do a lesbian scene, and she did a couple. I was like, ooh, look at that. China's, uh, you know, going down on that rug. <laughs> you never thought you'd see China doing that like 10 years ago. 
Then again, no. then then again, you never know what goes on behind closed doors in women's locker rooms. This is true, and I, you know, uh, I, I honestly wish before she died that she'd released, uh, you know, a legitimate tell-all book, which would have been great to read. But and she may have one written that'll be released posthumously. Who knows? But yeah, would have been interesting. Oh yeah, I, I definitely would have uh, would have got it and read about it, especially when China found out that Triple H had letters from Stephanie McMahon in his suitcase and led to the breakup, and then led to Vince McMahon saying, "Oh, the oh the the gig is up, the gig is up," and then sending China home, and you know her not ever coming back. It's just kind of like, wow, seriously, you do that to somebody that paved the way for women in. The wrestling industry. I mean, Hulk Hogan went from WWE to WCW, back to WWE to TNA, back to WWE, and, and you you let him in with open arms, and yet you can't forgive China. It just, I don't know. It's kind of like calling the the kettle black, I guess. Well, in the case of events, you know, I hate to use you know one of Triple H's most tired taglines of you know best for business, but that's yeah. exactly what Vince does. Vince does what's best for business. Yeah. And if it would have made a decent amount of money to bring China back at some point, he'd have done it. Yeah. I mean, just think of how many fans would have been like, holy shit, China is back. Yeah. But you know, she really, she wasn't in any type of ring shape. I mean, the last match that she did, you know, when she came out on TNA and I believe she was, uh, who the hell was she partnered with? Was it Jeff Jarrett? Uh, Kurt Angle, I believe. Kurt Angle. Let me, let me take a look here. Uh, yeah, she made her debut introduced by, uh, network consultant Mick Foley. Uh, he introduced her as Kurt Angle's business associate, uh, where they would face Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle's ex-wife, now Jarrett's wife, Karen Jarrett. So. Yeah, that's just one of those very strange situations but i mean it, it was and it was a very very sad situation you know to even see her in that match was just and i think i think she has mick foley to thank for that payday because i mean ever since her death i mean mick foley is just the poor guy's heartbroken about it he apparently she was a very 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 close friend to the entire foley family and you know his children absolutely adored china Mm-hmm. And you know, with him having that position at the time in TNA that he did, I, I, I'm pretty sure he was instrumental in getting her that uh, very, very short-lived gig. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of uh, fans were taken back, and it was like, wow, you know what? It's nice to see her back, you know, but. I, I think I, I think it would have been really cool if it was if it would have turned full circle if she got back into ring shape and quit these drugs and everything else and came back to WWE for at least one match like maybe Royal Rumble or WrestleMania or whatever. So unfortunately, we'll never get to see that. But no, and, and you know I think the dream situation. I mean, we all saw how well Stephanie could handle herself when oh, yeah. she went up when she went up against. Uh, was it Nikki or Breeze she went up against? Uh, uh, Nikki, think, wasn't it? I think it was actually Bree Bella because I 
actually, let me uh, let me take a look. Thanks to the good folks at Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, your source for the best uh, news of past and present. Uh, let's see. I believe she uh, actually it was against Brie Bella. They went up against each other at SummerSlam. Oh, that's and, right, because that's when Nikki interfered on Stephanie's behalf. That's right. Yep, and that's when Nikki turned heel and did the forearm right to Bree's face and didn't actually make an improvement. Yeah, well, the only thing you could do to make Bree Bella better looking would be to, you know, cut Daniel Bryan out of all her pictures. <laughs> But, uh, but the, the point I was getting at, though, I mean, you know, Stephanie are, has proved, particularly with that match, that she can get in there and mix it up pretty good. I mean, obviously nobody's going to mistake her for, uh, you know, a well-seasoned pro, but she held her own and, and did well enough. But I, I think the dream scenario, you know, would have been a, a one-time WrestleMania match right after China got inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, grudge match of the century, China versus Stephanie. Yep, in a no holds barred kind of match. Right, but you know, unfortunately, that's yeah, something we will never see. But I'll always be thankful for the fact that China went on the Howard Stern show and told the world that Triple H enjoys anal sex. <laughs> Mostly because when I heard her say that, uh, you know, they were still dating at the time. I just thought, okay, so you know, Triple H bangs China in the ass. All right, whatever. It wasn't until a few years went by and Triple H and Stephanie were married, I, I, I saw that clip again. I went, hmm, Triple H is fucking Vince McMahon's daughter in the ass. That's a yeah. beautiful That's a beautiful thing. Because <laughs> you know yeah. Vince has, it has to have seen that video and went, hmm, so Triple H likes to fuck women in the ass. Wait a minute, he's married to my daughter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can only, I can only imagine what the board mean, meetings would be like. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Vince, guess what? Uh, I pounded your daughter in the brown hole, and let me tell you, she can squeal pretty good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. In Stephanie's case, she grew up around a whole lot of professional wrestlers. There was even yep. rumors of her you know, sleeping with Randy Savage. I, I, I don't imagine any hole of hers is all that tight anymore. <laughs> Especially if Randy Savage got a hold of it. I can only guarantee that he went, oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Stephanie, can you dig it? <laughs> God, that's a horror. I'm going to end up going to sleep tonight, and I'm going to hear that phrase again in my head. <laughs> either, that is either just that, wrong. Either that or the time that you, went, that you and your wife end up making love, you'll be saying, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you know I'll go with that one next next time. I'm I'm about ready to you know bust the nut. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like, oh yeah. <laughs> Where is an inappropriate button when I need it? Actually, this is Sachi. We don't have an inappropriate button. Although uh, I guess I should keep references like that limited uh, when setting tonight's show up. I. I did click the button for all audiences, so <laughs> I, I, I don't think that particular uh, last couple minutes of conversation was, uh, I don't think the whole China conversation was approved for all audiences. No, I think that would be set to mature, or in the words of uh, 
or in the words of R-Truth, that's not PG. Sure it is. What's, I mean, you know. Yep. Who's to say what's PG? <laughs> yeah, true, true. In, in the words of R-Truth, anybody that doesn't think uh, I'm PG, well, they're all just part of some big old conspiracy. C-O-N-spiracy. God, I love that story. That was awesome. You know, that R-Truth, unfortunately, is one of those guys that, you know, his pushes never really went as well as they'd like, but... I've always enjoyed them. I, I in particular, love the whole Little Jimmy one. Oh, that storyline, to me, is my favorite R-Truth storyline ever. Yep. It's just, I, I, I like the conspiracy one where he came out as a uh, Confederate soldier. <laughs> and, and, and that was when they didn't even give him any, any themed music. He just came out to silence, you know. And then all of a sudden, this Little Jimmy thing is like, I just got jumped by Little Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. And me, me and my nephew used to freaking say this all the time whenever they had a, I think it was a Miz and Miz Christian and R-Truth were out in the rain. And they're like, Riley, Randy, Randy, Riley, Randy, Riley, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. And my nephew, <laughs> my nephew who was younger than 13 at the time, he's 13 now, but Back back then, he we would just be on the floor busting out laughing so hard it was amazing. I believe it. That was yeah. That I, I don't know why they don't let our truth go back to using that in some form because I mean to me that was just that was gold. Yep, and uh, I actually uh, one of the very first wrestling events I went to. I actually got an R-Truth Little Jimmy t-shirt, and I still have it today. <laughs> that's a nice thing. You know, and I think that's something more WWE fans really need to do, particularly if you have kids, is to, to you know, I, I've had the pleasure uh, of taking uh, my daughter and my nephews, and I can't wait until I get to take my sons uh, now that I have sons, to their first live WWE event because it's it's a it's really it's a magical thing. Yep. It was great, you know. My daughter at the time was, uh, gosh, she was nine or ten, mm-hmm. and you know we're sitting there in the cheap seats because you know little kids they don't care where the hell they sit. Oh yeah, as long yeah. as they can. As long as they can see a ring and, you know, they know who's in there, they're happy. And my daughter was sitting sitting there, and, and it was, you know, funny as hell because it was one of the few shows that John Cena didn't make for a house show. And they offered people refunds, and she's like, John Cena's not going to be here? She's like, nope. She's like, oh. Well, is CM Punk going to be here? Yeah. Okay, we're good. <laughs> I was like, all right, I raised you right. And then, of course, I didn't realize what a bitch punk was at that particular time but we'll get to him in a few minutes when we do the news uh switching gear off of uh china though let's talk about ryback oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. poor 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 ryback what the fuck is he thinking uh, well i will give him this uh he does have balls for going and saying, you know what, I think every 
wrestler deserves to be paid equally. But if you think about it, Vince puts them down as independent contractors and they get a cut of how good their merchandise sells. So technically... There's there's lots of ways, actually, that that all of the performers make money. Um, They, uh, you know, they get a, a certain amount guaranteed in uh, in their contract, yep, and you know so therefore that that you know even if they're not being used, they're still making you know a pretty decent chunk of change. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they're only doing house shows, they're still making a hell of a lot more per year uh, than I probably ever will make. The yeah. downside the downside to that uh, they do have to cover their own travel and hotels. Yep. Which is why a lot of them prefer to do, you know, they'll, they'll group up together and they'll put, you know, three or four guys will rent a car together to drive to the next place. Uh, they will share hotel rooms. You know, just basic little simple things to, you know, to keep down on, on cost. Uh, not everybody's a Brock Lesnar that gets to fly on the WWE jet and everything is paid for for him. But yeah, it's you know, true. most of the guys don't have that. Either way, they're still making a shitload of money. Uh, they also get uh, bonuses based on, uh, well, at least they used to get bonuses based on pay-per-view bias. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were on a pay-per-view and it sold particularly well, you got a really nice bonus check, which is why everybody wants, you know, Re- WrestleMania was always, you know, everybody always wanted a WrestleMania match for several reasons. <clears throat> Number one, the exposure is great. If you have a really good WrestleMania match, it can make your entire next year Mm -hmm. in the business. You might get a great storyline if you have a particularly good WrestleMania match. But aside from that, if you are on TV in any way, shape, or form for WrestleMania, you get a cut of the pay-per-view buys. I don't know how that works now with WWE Network, but uh, it's still the same principle as far as I know. Uh, that if you're on WrestleMania or any, uh, they still call them pay-per-views, I don't know why, but uh, if you're on a pay-per-view, you get bonuses for that. You get a cut of your merchandise sale, which means the better you do with your character, the more popular you make your character, obviously the more merchandise you sell. Mm-hmm. Whether it be, uh, you know, low-end guys, um, R-Truth, for example, you can uh, pretty much only buy R-Truth shirts at a WWE Live event or at WWE.com. However, if you're John Cena, you also get WWE making deals with Kmart and Walmart and Sears, shit like that. And I think if John Cena quit the business today, he'd never have to worry about money. I uh, I honestly don't think he would because uh, he still has Nikki Bella as well as her money too. So, yeah, well, she obviously spends a lot. You know, she buys things like breast implants. Uh, yeah, that and uh, shoes that she's never gonna really wear except maybe once or twice. Yeah, to me, Nikki Bella is a very definition of a definition of a diva. Yep. Yeah, she she was. I don't know. Maybe at one point she was all about the wrestling, but <clears throat> now it's all about. I get to walk down red carpets. I get to wear pretty clothes. I get to spend a lot of money. It's all great. You know, good for her. Whatever works for. Her. 
Yeah, whatever works for her. You know, she's not really one of my one of my favorites. And to be honest, uh, not saying anything bad, but I know that she injured herself. And to be honest, I hope she does not come back to the WWE because we actually have there's actually women wrestling that are talented. In the I don't ring. think I don't think she's injured. Her and Bree's contracts are up this summer, and I honestly think they are. They're being phased out of the wrestling side, although still involved with WWE. They're getting their own reality show on E now, but it's produced by WWE. So, yeah, well, they're even though if uh, even though if uh, Nikki does not come back, she'll still be living off of the WWE for at least a while, especially with uh, Total Bella. It's like that is going to be one show I don't watch, even on the no. WWE. I, you know, I I I I got through almost one whole episode of Total Divas, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I I can't do it. I I can't. I I've actually watched uh, watched a number of the episodes just for the drama and stuff. I remember uh, Natalia talking to Summer Rae saying, uh, "Divas are supposed to be role models. You look like a stripper," and all of a sudden, uh, Summer Rae just bitch slaps Natty right across the face, and, oh, it was so awesome. I, yeah, I mean, you, 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 go figure it. Maybe it just makes me a hypocrite, but because I know wrestling is scripted. Yeah. Or, you know, as some people like to call it, and I hate people that use the phrase fake, because yeah. look at the amount of injuries. And the same people that will say wrestling is fake bitch about the wrestler's concussions. Yep. which makes no no sense to me. But And I guess this makes me a hypocrite in that if you're going to have a reality series centered around all the women in the WWE, it, it should not be so painfully scripted. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, the episode that I watched most of was the very first Total Divas episode, and John Cena is like, you know, in a suit and a tie just to go out to, you know, some basic restaurant with Nikki Bell, and I'm like, no. Sorry, Cena only wears a suit and tie when he's going to be, you know, doing fucking interviews for Good Morning America. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's got to be more, more real, you know, not so much the storyline in there, but just Having them be real, you know, like in the car, singing songs together, stuff like that, you know, dumping dumping waste baskets of water on people in that that walk in the hotels, something like that, you know. Yeah, it's I mean, to me, it was just a bunch of crap. But uh, getting back into Ryback, I, I honestly don't know what has got into this guy's head because. I mean, he's had his ups and downs, of course, but I—I I, I mean, literally, he—he he was still one of the more or less top performers in the company. Mm-hmm. But he let his—you know—he did—he did what a lot of people do in the business when they start to get a little bit of fame is they start to think 
that they are somehow better and worth more than they really are. And that just that doesn't work because, I mean, I, I'm in no way affiliated with the WWE, and I know that Vince McMahon doesn't fuck around when it comes to negotiations. Not mm-hmm. with, with contracts because, you know, number one, he is always going to get the better end of the deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, with very, very few exceptions, uh, like Brock Lesnar. Uh, I'd say Brock Lesnar's getting the better end of the deal, but Vince wouldn't have signed off on the contract if he didn't know that that deal was going to make him more money than he's spending on Lesnar. True. True. But I, I mean, even Vince will sit there and tell you he, you know, Vince doesn't bullshit anybody. Mm-hmm. I think that's why Vince and Donald Trump are such good friends, is because they just fucking shoot straight. I know, and having Vince as a as a boss, I mean, I I think it'd be awesome because if you bring an idea to him, you know, like possibly like the New Day with what they're talking about with like bootios and stuff and their crazy dancing that they do and stuff like that. It's like, you got to get Vince to approve that and you got to get, you know, on, on his good side. And if he laughs at it and likes it, you're pretty much set because I mean, look at how many times the undertaker changed over the 20 years that he performed, you know, Vince was always behind it. He always liked it. Well, I mean, you know, when it comes right down to it, Vince is a businessman. And if you bring an idea to Vince that is going to put money in Vince's pocket, Vince is very rarely going to say no. If it's a good idea, he's going to run with it. Mm -hmm. But the second you start thinking you're too big for your britches, you become the ultimate warrior. Yeah, and nobody wants the have a bad business deal and go to a different company, work there for a couple months and then disappear into parts unknown or whatever, whatever he did. Well, in Warrior's case, I mean, there wasn't even any other company to go work for at the time. You know, there was WCW, but, you know, it wasn't WCW yet. It was... You know, it was still World Championship Wrestling, but it was Saturday mornings on TBS. It was there was no Monday Nitro or anything like that at the time. Uh, actually, but, I, actually, I think there actually was because I remember he had a match with. Uh, no, with, he did, but that that was like seven or eight years after he left WWE. Well, well yeah, yeah. It was it was quite a long time afterwards, but uh, well, you know. Using Warrior as an example, and you know, not the Warrior that that passed away, but the Warrior that you know was a total fucking you know household name in the early nineties mm-hmm. and late eighties. Yeah, you know, he he was a huge, huge name in the WWE. He was putting asses in seats, and and the problem was he knew it. And what yep. did he do? He thought he was worth a lot more money, and Vince was willing to pay him a lot more money, just not the ridiculous amount with all the stipulations, like, I only want to work half the dates, and I don't want to do house shows, and you're going to pay for everything. And, yep. and Vince went and looked at him, 
and you know he used a, a piss poor contract negotiation method of you know in 20 minutes I'm supposed to be in the ring and at a fucking pay per view. So of course Vince sat there and smiled and said, "Sure, you got it. Go out and have your match. Congratulations, we got a handshake deal." Okay. Comes back from his match. Hey, that was a great match. You're fired. Get out of here. Why? Because you don't do that. Yep. It, you know, it just doesn't work that way. And Hogan is just as guilty as as that. Is holding is holding Vince hostage for money. And what did what did Vince do with Hogan? Get the fuck out. Bye. Yeah, pretty. Yep. Yeah, WCW wants to offer you all this money. Fuck off and die. See ya. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. WCW wants to pay you all this much, all this money. Well, yeah, but we want to stay here, but you have to match it. No, fuck off. We'll be fine without you. And <laughs> and Hall and Nash should have known that one. You know, they they went. No, we really want to stay here, but it's the money. And Vince went. We'll be fine. Well, you know, yep. we're the biggest names in the company right now. Uh, yeah, we already, you know, kicked Hogan's ass to the curb. He was the biggest name in wrestling history. Yep. Yeah, I think we can't survive without Diesel and Razor Ramon. Bye. Yep, and then they ended up doing, I, I will say they did they did some really good things with WCW. They really helped out, you know, making the Monday Night Wars and everything like that. But when they got, when Vince got rid of those three, in came Stone Cold Steve Austin. Shawn Michaels, Bret Bret Hart finally got the you know the main event runs and everything, and it to be honest, it it all worked out for the best because WWE was still making money at the time, and you know, yeah, I mean Vince will create a star if he doesn't. I mean, sure, I mean yeah, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels had been there for years, but they were tag team wrestlers and you know occasional solo wrestlers and they were they were okay but I mean they were yep. mid card. Okay, suddenly, well shit, we need headliners. Yep. Okay. Well, um you and you, let's go. Okay. Yep. And what do you do and what do you get? You make three of the biggest names in wrestling history. You 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 make the hitman, you make the heartbreak kid, you make Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. This, and this is what I can't figure out with Ryback. What in the fuck? He, he's seen all of this, you know, has gone down in his lifetime. Not not only is it documented, WWE is proud of it. They have they produced the Monday Night Wars show on WWE Network that chronicled it. Yep. They released the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior DVD and chronicled it. Mm-hmm. Is he not watching the the the, 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 the product put out by his own company? Are you really going to try to hold Vince McMahon hostage for more money when you're not even an yeah yeah he was on the he he was a high end mid carter sure, but he's not a top draw. Yeah, I mean, uh, he could just he. I I I I'll admit this. He was a high end mid card, and whenever I went to the house shows up here in Minnesota and seen him, he got he got great reactions. And whether he was a heel or face, you know, he did he did pretty decent. He got nowhere near 
what CM Punk got in terms of in terms of reactions or even Dolph Ziggler. But, you know, I mean, he could have been another couple-time Intercontinental Champion, maybe United States Champion, but, I mean, WWE Champion, I don't know. Uh, he could have been with the right gimmick, but... Yeah. Yeah, he seems he literally seems to be stuck. Even on his, his social media posts now that he is more or less not even affiliated with the WWE... You know, the, the whole big guy thing. Yep. You know, I think, I think that was like his way of trying to tell Vince because it's always been a known fact. Vince likes big guys. You know, Vince, <laughs> yeah. likes, Vince likes his Hulk Hogan's, his Andre the Giants, you know, his Diesels. Yep. But but even Vince has started to, re- his Undertakers, his Canes, but even Vince has started to realize, you know what? The big guys, they look really, really cool, but most of them are just, they're shit wrestlers because they're too fucking big and clumsy, which is why you have seen a shift in the last few years. You're seeing your Daniel Bryant's, your CM Punk's, your AJ Styles getting to the top of the game. Yep, and if I've ever heard of any wrestler being clumsy in the rain, there's only one wrestler that comes to mind. The great Kali. I was going to say Kali. <laughs> yeah. Great, great. I, yeah, I like Kali. I, I do. I love Kali. Uh, he, he can be very entertaining to watch, uh, yeah. depending on the gimmick. But he, much like Hulk Hogan, um, much like Andre the Giant, uh, much like Big John Stud, and, and all of these, you know, extremely large athletes. He is just a shit wrestler. He's horrible. I know, and people are not afraid to voice their opinion. Like, Kali can't wrestle. Kali can't wrestle. You know, I mean, they're not afraid to say how they feel, and that's the WWE Universe watching this, and they're like, if they don't like you, they will tell you exactly how they feel. A uh, prime, uh, prime current example of that is Roman Reigns. Yeah. People do I mean, not Roman- like that, that they think the WWE is shoving Roman Reigns down, down the throats. And they the are. Next, the next John Cena, you know. Yeah, well, and that's exactly, and that's exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the, the, the difference is John Cena to a certain extent, was not shoved down our throats. Yep. John Cena earned his spot, and then they shoved him down our throats. But they're, Pretty you know, they're, they're trying to take shortcuts with Roman Reigns. But back to back to Ryback, I mean, you've seen all of this go down before with so many of the guys who were so much bigger than you. And, and, and I want to use Hogan as an example again. How many times has Vince fired Hogan? Five, six times? Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. He is literally the person, and, and I have zero respect for fucking Terry Bully. I, I think he's a god-awful human being. He's a shit wrestler. He's a shit role model. He's a pathetic excuse for a man. I have I don't like the guy at all. And we've had our, Terry and I have had our words on Twitter. He doesn't like me either. That's fine. But I, I give 
whether I like a person or not, I will give credit where credit is due. He literally made professional wrestling what it is today. Without Hulk Hogan, the WWE would have folded a long, long time ago. Uh, WCW would still be in business doing shit TV on Saturday mornings on TBS out of Georgia. Yeah, and and, and Ric Flair and and you know, assuming Dusty Rhodes was still alive, would still be in charge and running shit down there, and it would still be a money pit for Ted Turner because he's a wrestling fan. And, but then they would still be making, you know, enough money to stay afloat. But wrestling yeah. would still be a very territorial thing. Vince's experiment with taking wrestling nationally and then globally would have failed miserably without Hulk Hogan. I definitely give him credit for that. He he sincerely put wrestling on the map, and he, he deserves all the credit he gets for that. Yep. And I and, it, it, and my point with Ryback, though, is if Vince will fire him, what makes you think he won't fire anybody else? John Cena right now is arguably the biggest name in professional wrestling. If John Cena walked into Vince's office and said, I want double my money or I ain't fucking showing up, Vince would be like, well, you have a great fucking day. Let's see how well your movie career does and or see what TNA will pay you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly would fucking die laughing if he actually went to, if he actually did go into Vince's office and say, fuck you, I'm done, and then go to TNA and be like, well, you're going to be waiting on seeing your money because you ain't going to get it. Well, you know, TNA would probably make it a very big, when TNA gets a big name, uh, they did it with Hogan, they did it with Hall and Nash and Bischoff and, and Matt and Jeff Hardy. They make sure those guys get paid. They're not paying them anywhere near where they were getting in WWE, but they're making sure they get paid. It's everybody else on the roster that suffers. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of sad, you know, that they got a plethora of talent at at TNA in the mid lower card ranges that could definitely be main eventers, I think. And it's just they get these big names in there, these legends, and they're making sure they get paid first while everybody else suffers. Right, and, and you know, I'm glad I'm glad TNA does that because if TNA didn't. You wouldn't have your, if I'm not mistaken, I haven't kept up with NXT as much as I probably should be. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, Samoa Joe is NXT champion? Is he not? Uh, yes, he is. He he won that from Finn Balor not too long right. ago. Right. So you know, TNA treated their talent right instead of focusing all their you know time and money on on bullshit legends. I mean, look at their champion right now. It's fucking Drew McIntyre. Sorry, Drew Galloway. Yeah. <laughs> because they, they, they blow all their money, you know, when they have it on Legends, thinking that's going to make people watch. TNA doesn't understand. Dixie Carter doesn't understand. Jeff Jarrett understood, which yep. is why when Jarrett ran TNA, it, it, it was a slow-moving process, but it built. It yep. built a slow and steady stand, fan base. Why? Because he took good wrestlers and brought them in. He didn't focus, you know, he didn't make everything about the big names, which is where we got AJ Styles. And where's AJ Styles now? Oh, that's right. He's on a pay-per-view this Sunday with WWE fighting for their championship. 
Main, main Beautiful event. thing. Yep. Exactly. He's main event for WWE. Why? Because they didn't want to pay AJ Styles money because they had to they had to float the bill for uh they had to float the bill for Hulk Hogan. They had to float the bill for Mick Foley, for Ric Flair, for Sting. Mm-hmm. And, and where are all these guys now? WWE, except for Hogan because he got fired for saying nigger. <laughs> yes, but you never know. He might come back. Oh, I'm sure, you know, they'll give him enough time to let the scandal die away, and boom, there's Hogan. Why? Because Vince is not going to let a little thing like, you know, the word nigger come between him and a paycheck. Yep. He did the, pro- the appropriate thing when everything got released, and he fired Hogan's ass real quick. Yep. But give it another year, maybe two, and the scandal will totally go away. The lawsuits will all be settled and left alone, Hogan will have repaired his image yep. as best oh, as he can, and then, boom, here comes Hogan. Yep, I am a real American. <sighs> Sorry about that. He's a real pain in the ass is what he is. But, but <laughs> the, the whole point of this whole conversation is Ryback has been seeing this. It's documented. This is not only... Not hiding it. He's proud of it. He goes on shows like the Monday Night Wars and talks about Hall and Nash and Hogan and, and goes on you know, his DVDs like Self-Destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. And he's proud of saying, fuck them, they're fired. Bye. Yep. And you're Ryback? <laughs> you're a fucking high-end mid-carter and you're going to try to pull this shit? It, history always tends to repeat itself. He should have learned, you know what, maybe I should actually talk to Vince like a man and be like, you know what, not saying I want all this money or that everybody deserves to be paid equally, but just a little bit better, you know, talk to him about it, not just demand it. Yeah, you, you, the one thing you don't do with Vince McMahon, you don't demand anything. Yep. You know, Vince is not a hard-hearted individual, and it, and the proof in that is that, you know, he constantly will rehire somebody over and over and over again. Yep. You know, he, he had an adamant hate for years of Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. But what did he do? And, you know, unfortunately, Randy died before everything came to full fruition, but... He was. They were in the process of bringing Randy back in. He's brought Hogan back, you know, a number of times. Yep. He he's hired Eric Bischoff, the man that damn near put him out of business. Yep. He has a business sense. You know what? I may not have liked what Bischoff did in WCW, but he made money. Maybe we can do something together. You know, and he was actually one of the best general managers. For Monday Night Raw that I've ever seen. Yeah, and I mean the great thing about what, what and this is where TNA made their mistake with uh, bringing in Hogan and Bischoff. They brought Hogan and Bischoff and said, "Here, run it," and they went, "Cool, we don't know what we're doing, but let's do it." I know, and then it then it turned out when uh, Stain and Kevin Nash went went out and left TNA like why they're like you know what. 
we we saw this in WCW. We're not going to sit here and, and watch this here in TNA, and that was the end of it. So, right. Well, the difference in what Vince did with Bischoff and what TNA did with Bischoff. TNA hired Bischoff and Hogan and said, "Here, here's the show. Here's the talent. Here's the payroll. Run with it." And they went, "Okay, so we get ninety percent of everything, and here's the leftovers." Yeah, you I know. know. It's- when Vince hired Bischoff, he said, okay, you know, we want to hire you. And Bischoff went, great, what's my job? And Vince went, on-air talent? Well, yeah, I know that, but, you know, what else do I do? Nothing. No, I mean, don't you want me making decisions? God, no. You ran WCW into the ground, you stupid fool. You're going <laughs> to do what I tell you to do. You are literally, what people see on TV is the only part of your job. That's it. <laughs> And it worked uh, well. I mean, if Vince gave me a job like that, on-air talent, and gave me a salary that he would give, you know, anybody else, I'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll put a I'll put a snake on my on my freaking arm and go cobra. I'll embarrass myself. Who cares? You know. I will walk my fat ass. Hopefully, getting thinner thanks to DDP yoga. But uh, I, yeah, Vince offers me a job. And quite frankly, Vince can hire me to walk out there as a Tilbury doughboy. And you know what? I'll cash the check, and then nothing says love and like something from the oven. <laughs> I will do whatever Vince tells me to do. If Vince was, you know, I think Vince ought to hire me to be a fucking, you know, writer because I can straighten out a lot of the stupid storyline problems they've got going on. But, you know. Yeah. I think it'd actually be pretty cool to actually be a, be a commentator alongside uh, – JBL and Saxton and and Cole. Someone could just say, "Cole, shut the fuck up." Yeah, I think that's a mark that WWE is missing. Yeah, they're they're kind of getting into the adult uh, entertainment with Camp WWE, which is a fun little show. Yep. But I think they need to start hosting like a monthly Saturday night's main event. Yeah, uh, they- geared geared to adults. Uh, you know that way. You know. <laughs> JBL can literally tell Cole, would you just shut the fuck up? <laughs> I know, right? It's just, uh, oh, my God, man. If I was on commentary, I'd be saying that so many times. You'd be like, shut the fuck up, man. Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, with WWE Network, they can literally do that. They can yep. start doing a, a monthly Saturday night's main event, just like they used to have on NBC, but gear it towards adults. That, that I mean, would be perfect. You know, go back a little bit, uh, you know, to the Attitude Era with, uh, you know, the puppies and all that. And, of course, you know, your commentators would got to get rid of Byron Saxton on that. The commentators for that would have to be JBL, Michael Cole, and Jerry Lawler. Yep. Because nobody's better at making perverted comments on wrestling than Jerry Lawler. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. I have watched so many matches through the Attitude Era up to, like, 2004, 2005, and just... Everything he says is just like, wow. Did you think of that yourself? Uh, having met the man, yes, he does. That, 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 that is just, that's not him trying to be clever. That's literally him, just how he talks. The, the, <laughs> first, the first time I met Jerry, uh, which, uh, you know, let's go ahead and take our first commercial break, and then I'm, uh, I'll tell everybody the story of the first time I, I, I met Jerry Lawler. So uh, we're going to hit our first commercial break, guys. 
And we'll be back after this with the story of the time the icon met the king. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Davis has a black belt in Japanese jiu-jitsu, a brown belt in BJJ, and again, training with Caesar Gracie. This is Alexis Davis, UFC women's bantamweight contender. Be sure to tune in to the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show. And it was Davis delivering the strikes in this one. The best news source for boxing, kickboxing, and mixed martial arts can be heard on the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show, hosted by Bad Bill. Listen to the roundtable discussions and interviews with the amateur or professional fighters. Check it out on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on rockinwaves.com, home of Rockin' Waves 11294, playing the hits, old and new. How to advertise effectively on the radio. First, get their attention. Hey! Next, mention the product's name. Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Use repetition. Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Sound believable. Oh, Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Or use in a catchy jingle. Cabot Sharp Cheddar! La 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 la. Throw in a subliminal message. Bye! Sexy. Cabot! Sexy. Sharp! Make it count. Cheddar! Indoor bowls. Or a testimonial. I LeKay Cabot Sharp Cheddar because. No, that's like. Like? I like Captain Can you hear these years of the Tell them where they can buy it. Your grocer's dairy section. Where you buy cheese. Followed by the phone number. Not applicable. Insert a sound effect for emphasis. Wow, that Cabot Cheddar is wicked sharp. And if all fails, bribe the listening audience. <laughs> buy Cabot Sharp Cheddar and win a billion dollars. With a disclaimer. Not available in all areas. So when you put it all together, people will know if you like extra sharp cheddar, you'll love Cabot All Natural Sharp Cheddar. They were outnumbered. Ready! Out equipped. They had no chance of winning. But they had one huge advantage General George Washington. The fate of unborn millions will now depend under God on the courage and conduct of this army. We have to resolve to conquer or die. Just as the leadership of one man helped form a nation, today leadership can transform the world. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. How would you like to be on the air? A prestigious position in radio broadcasting awaits you. If you've ever dreamed of being a radio disc jockey, newscaster, sportscaster, or production director, this is one of those rare times in history where positive change is waiting for you. American Broadcasting School Incorporated, one of the most successful and best-known broadcasting institutions of its kind, presents your window of opportunity now. Now, you can train in fully equipped broadcast studios with instructors evaluating your on-air assignments as you do them. Plus, there's job placement assistance upon graduation. This is a nationally accredited institution that's ready to help you take your first steps into your new future. There has never been a more exciting time to be in the world of broadcasting. And financial aid is available for those who qualify. American Broadcasting School, the number one way of entering broadcasting for over 33 years. You're just a phone call away from the career you've always dreamed of. You are a waste. 
a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Are you sick and tired of buying all those old WWE, WWF DVDs and can't find anywhere to put them? Well, why don't you just order the WWE Network on your phone, smart tablet, PC, or your Roku, and you can enjoy all the pay-per-views from WCW, WWE, WCCW, and ECW for only $9.99. That's right, you heard it here first, $9.99. Not $10.99, not $15.99, but $9.99. Plus, you can watch every pay-per-view just under $10 a month. That's enough to make you go... So all you have to do is... Trust me. So log on to www.com forward slash WWE Network and start your first month that's free today. And now, back to Stenner Wrestling, Inc. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Derek, I got to tell you. That may have been the worst commercial I've ever heard. Oh, come on, man. It was... (laughs) Uh, no, it was great. I mean, you know, if, if I wasn't already a WWE Network subscriber, um, that would certainly make me subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> you you sounded bored to the whole thing. Oh, uh, oh my God, man! Uh, I was very, <laughs> I was very extremely tired during that one. I really got to redo that one and make it more upbeat. <laughs> But, I, I, I'm telling you, you, you know, it could have been more effective as you doing it. So, like, whatever, get WWE Network or something. I don't care. <laughs> or be like Ultimate Warrior and go fuck yourself. Yeah, you should have just done. You should have done the whole thing in your Macho Man persona. Get WWE Network now! Ooh yeah. Well, yeah, that yeah, it is true. Who knows? I'm, I might, I might redo it and do a different one. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, it obviously it covered the information. It's just you sounded good. You say you were tired. You sound to me. You sounded bored. Like, why am I even doing this? During during part of it, I was actually like, "Oh dear God, can this be over now?" Well, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, that's probably the first radio commercial that they've anyone's ever done for WWE Network. I don't know, but. Yeah, I you I'm, know what I I actually think that might actually be the first one, at least in the United States. I don't know how they advertise in other countries, but I uh, I I personally I listen to a lot of talk radio, and I have never once heard a WWE Network uh, ad. So yeah, I believe you are the first. Pretty sweet, I think. So. Well, you definitely got that to hold on to. Anyway, the but, story uh, that I was going to tell the of the first time the icon met the king. Uh, and technically, it's actually the second time because Jerry and I had met at uh, a little car lot in Jonesboro, Arkansas, about a month before the meeting of the story that I'm going to tell you about. But we'd only met very, very briefly. Uh, they did a little... Uh, 
indie wrestling show at a car lot in Jonesboro, Arkansas, which uh, is pretty near where I live. I, I live kind of in between Jonesboro, Arkansas, and Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, and I heard it on the heard this car lot uh, advertised on the radio that they were having some big sale. I'm like, I care. I'm not buying a car. But then they started lifting. You know, they said, and hey, we're going to have free wrestling. I'm like. I heard wrestling. I'm interested. With some of the biggest names in wrestling history, I'm like, I kind of doubt that. And they said, Jerry the King Lawler. I'm like, all right, I'm already going. And Jimmy Hart. I'm like, ooh, Jimmy Hart, cool. And Grandmaster Sex A, Brian Christopher. I'm like, uh huh, still riding on Daddy's coattails, but Brian's a great guy. Uh, I've actually met Brian. <laughs> Brian and I have crossed paths probably. Uh, couple dozen times since I have moved to this part of the country. Brian really is a great guy. But anyway, so I, I went and showed up, and I got there just as Jerry was leaving, and, and, I, and I got there literally with just enough time to, you know, quick shake of the hand and very quick introduction, and I, I tried to mention Stunner Wrestling Inc., and uh, I, I must have sounded like a total fanboy, because he's like, hey, that sounds great. Bye. <laughs> great. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> And I, I'm pretty sure to him I look like <laughs> wrestler, <laughs> wrestler. <laughs> I got my composure a little bit better when I was talking to Jimmy Hart. Also, a really, really nice guy. Uh, if he was not a, a very talented uh, wrestling personality and musician and songwriter, by the way, did you know that Jimmy Hart uh, single-handedly composed almost every single WCW music intro? I I remember hearing about that, yes. Yeah. Most of them sucked horribly, but that's why he never was really famous as a musician. But uh, you got to give credit where it is, too. And plus, he, he really is a sweetheart of a guy. Very, very nice. Almost talked me into buying a 2002 Ford Taurus. Hey, that'd have been nice. Strangely enough, I now drive a 2002 Ford Taurus. Not the one that Jimmy Hart was trying to sell me, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, Jimmy Hart, very, very sweet guy. Uh, also met Brian, uh, Brian Christopher the first time, Brian Lawler the first time that day. Uh, he and I have crossed paths many, many times after that at just about every indie show in the area. He's always around. He pretty much works this area. And again, Brian... Really, really sweetheart of a guy. Conquered all his drug issues. Um, really, really focused on the wrestling business and loves fans. I mean, he will. Quite frankly, I, I, I've found excuses to to walk away from Brian because he will talk your fucking ear off. <laughs> great, great guy. But that was the first time I met him too. Um, so technically, I guess this wasn't the first time uh, that I had met Jerry, but I had heard on the radio, uh, I didn't even know Jerry Lawler had a museum. But apparently for years now, he's had a museum in Memphis inside of like a transmission shop uh, that I, I guess the owner had died and was the place was going out of business or whatever. And Jerry decided it was time to move the museum and he had made a deal with the Resorts Hotel and Casino in Tunica, Mississippi, which is uh, for those of you that don't know the region, uh, that's basically the Las Vegas uh, of the redneck world. And I can't stress the redneck part of it enough. The casinos themselves are beautiful, but they're also next to farmland. 
nice. It's like casino, five miles of farmland, casino, five miles of farmland, casino. Some great casinos and hotels there. Very, very beautiful, very modern places. But, yeah, the surrounding area is just like, really? But I hear on the radio that uh, they're moving Jerry's Museum from uh, wherever the hell it was in Memphis to Tunica. So I was like, okay, cool. That's nice. And then I hear that they're doing a grand opening in like three days. And I'm like, hmm, I'm off on those days. And then I hear that Jerry is going to show up and he's going to do an autograph signing and, and you know, open the, the museum. And I'm like, well, I'd kind of like to see the museum. And I'd really like to be there on the opening day. That'd be really cool. And I'll get to see Jerry again. So I get there, and I get there a good 30 minutes before he's supposed to arrive because I don't know how the crowds are going to be. Uh, he's obviously a, a huge, huge legend in the world of wrestling, but he is a fucking god in the Memphis area. And that is no joke, and the crowd was no joke. Huge. So I get there, and I'm standing outside with everybody else. I'm like, I don't know why we're standing outside. There's a big-ass air-conditioned casino where the fucking museum is. Why are we not standing inside? It's like, because he's going to be here soon. I'm like, so what's the big deal? He's going to drive up in a car, and he's going to walk inside. People are like, ah, it's probably going to be more of a spectacle than that. It was. Derek, are you familiar with the uh, 1960s uh, Batman TV show? Uh, No, I am not. Have you ever seen bits and pieces, clips of it at all? Uh, a few. Do you remember what the Batmobile looked like on that TV show? Not really, no. No? Okay. Well, if you'd have been there that day, you'd have got to see it in person because Jerry Lawler pulled up in the Batmobile from the oh, 1960s TV show <laughs> <laughs> with his 20-something-year-old girlfriend who is <laughs> fucking hot. Gorgeous girl. Very sweet, too, by the way. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. He, and he gets out, and he's wearing a pair of, he's wearing a pair of jeans and, and this uh, you know, uh, black-and-white striped Batman tank top. He jumps out, and somebody hands him a towel because he's got, like, sweat pouring out from this is the middle of, summer, of the summer in the south. And if you've ever been to the southern part of the United States, it gets fucking hot here, humid, it's just muggy and awful. He gets out, and the first thing he says is somebody hands him a towel. He says, next time I'm buying the air-conditioned model. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. And, and, you know, and he stands there, and, he, he, and the first thing he does before he takes a single picture with a fan, he, uh, they were kind enough, um, the uh, Mississippi State Police were kind enough to give him a police escort in and stood there and guarded the, the Batmobile while he was inside doing everything else. Uh, you know, he said, I, I, I'm happy to take pictures and sign autographs for everybody here, but first, the, the men and women that, uh, you know, made it possible for me to even drive this thing here, uh, you know, if any of them want to take pictures, get autographs, whatever they want to do, I'm doing that first. And he stood and he spent about 15 minutes taking pictures with the with the, all these uh, Mississippi State police officers, which... To me, that was just a real, real, being former law enforcement myself, that was a real class act. Loved that. And then he took pictures with a bunch of fans. He's like, okay, well, you know, I hate to cut this part short, but we got to get upstairs. we got a museum to open. So 
So we all move upstairs, and he gets out there, and he does his speech. He talks about uh, his career in the museum, and he talks about his heart attack. Uh, he talks about Brian, and Brian, of course, was there. Opened up the museum, and he said, I'm going to sign an autograph. I will sit here until every last person has had a chance to take pictures and get autographs, do whatever it is you want to do. Every single bit of this is free. Uh, if you don't have uh, memorabilia to be signed, I brought pictures. They are free for everybody. You know, I just asked that you know one per person because I don't want to run out. But none of this is costing anybody here any money, which was also very cool. And he literally, I was pretty close in the front of the line. Uh, and I waited until the whole thing was done. He was there almost five hours talking to fans, signing pictures, taking pictures with with, with fans. And, and, I mean, some people were up there for ten minutes. Just And he would just literally sit there and have a conversation with them. When, when I went up, you know, typical fanboy, <laughs> wrestler. <laughs> the coolest part about it is, and, and, and I guess I was a little bit younger and thinner, and my hair was a bit darker. But the guy lying behind me is like, "You look like you could be related to Jerry Lawler." I'm like, "I don't get that, but you're not the first person to say it." But okay, <laughs> whatever. Get up in my position in line, and, and you know he hadn't quite looked up at that point, and and I handed him the copy of uh, WrestleMania 25 that I had brought on DVD to have him sign. He's like, oh, man, that's one of my favorite ones. Did you see the match? And I'm like, I did, actually. I've seen everything. And he looks up, and he's like, start wrestling. <laughs> I'm about to have a fucking heart attack here. You know, because it, it had been a month since I'd met him before, and I'd met him for like 10 seconds. And he remembers Stunner wrestling. I'm like, wow, that is – I'm like – Jerry, what are the possibilities of you know getting you on the show for an interview? He says, "You know what? I would honestly love to. I can't. WWE has to approve all of my stuff. You have to go through them. If they approve it, I'm so there. I'm like, WWE is not going to approve anybody. I I, I couldn't even get a fucking NXT guy that hasn't been on TV yet. But the fact that he actually remembered me." And, you know, we sat there, I was up there for maybe about five minutes while him and Brian were signing the DVD, and he's like, you know, so how's everything going? How, how's your show going? I'm like, man, it was it, it was so great. I, I loved every minute of it. The fact that he actually just could remember essentially a nobody like me after a fucking month was really, really special. And consequently, when I see Brian at all these wrestling events, you can't remember my name for shit. I'm always just, hey, summer guy. Hey, Brian. <laughs> but, it, you know, that, that that is the kind of guy that, you know, the WWE, you know, there's a reason Jerry is as famous as he is. He's just, he's a tremendous, tremendous guy. You know, whenever, there's been so many stories uh, of, you know, injuries and, and deaths in wrestling, you know, none of them really affect me all that much. You know, the Ultimate Warrior was kind of a surprise. Randy Savage was kind of a surprise. But when 
Jerry had his heart attack. Something about that, and this was before I'd even met him. For some reason, that one hit really, really hard. And I mean, I was glued to the TV throughout Raw and was all over the Internet for days afterwards and re-watching Raw and trying to pinpoint the moments and all this stuff. And I figured out why. is because he is such a great guy Mm -hmm. that truly, truly cares about his fans. He really does. And will commit them to memory. And even a pathetic little nobody like me committed me to memory. His son has committed me to memory. I'd like to say his wife gave me a hand job in the bathroom. Unfortunately, she didn't, but can't have everything. <laughs> oh. I say that I say that in jest because you know what? If Jerry ever actually heard this, he would laugh his ass off at that statement. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to do some research on where the museum is now because about three weeks ago. Uh, Took the wife on a date. We went to Memphis, hung out on Bill Street, and she decided she was in the mood to do a little bit of gambling, which ended up being pretty good. We won a few hundred dollars, but she wanted to go down to Tunica and go to some of the casinos. And I thought, well, perfect. You know, this is my opportunity to take her to the Jerry Lawler Museum and, and tell her this story uh, about meeting Jerry and him actually remembering me and all this stuff. So I was really excited. We go to the resorts hotel and you know, we go up the escalator to where the museum is, and it's full of a bunch of paintings. Well, I'm sure they're beautiful paintings, but I'm like, where the fuck did the museum go? So I'm going to have to research where the hell it apparently has been moved since, but uh, I, I, that was kind of heartbreaking there. I need to share that with her, but uh, I mean... From pretty much now to the end of time, if anybody asks me who my absolute favorite person in professional wrestling is, the answer will always be the same. Vince McMahon. However, a very, 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 very close second is always going to be Jerry Lawler. The guy is just flat out phenomenal. Anyway, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on this story, but... uh, it occurred to me I also never really told that story on Stunner, so at least not in full detail. That's the nice thing about uh, – and, and I gather, I, I believe up in Minnesota, wrestling's kind of uh, still a pretty big deal up there, is it not? Uh, yeah, you know, we got uh, Tony DiNucci. He's uh, running American Wrestling Federation. He's – he brings some uh, some uh, WWF uh, oh well legends in. They actually he actually has an event coming up in. Uh, let's see live events. He's actually got one coming up. I think he's uh, bringing uh, Mr. Anderson in this later on this summer. Uh, ah, good old Ken Anderson. Yep, and he's actually bringing in a couple, couple people from uh, Ring of you, Honor. You didn't say you didn't say the name right though. What? When you said Ken Anderson. Oh. It, 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 his name is Ken Anderson. Anderson. 
I liked it so much better when it was Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, and he's a prime example, too, of, you know, don't piss off certain people in the WWE. But even still, don't talk shit about the WWE after you're gone. Yeah. That's a bit, you know, Vince is a very forgiving guy, and he will bring just about anybody back. Oh, yeah. And and even if you talk shit, if you're a big enough name, he'll still bring you back. But <laughs> Hogan. Yeah, but, but, and, but, you know, Anderson was not a big enough name. Uh, and, you know, he injured Randy Orton, which is something you just don't do. Yep. But and, I, well, look, look where he is now. He's you know, still hoping his paychecks don't bounce from TNA. And... But I actually thought that he actually was pretty decent in the ring. I think he could have been possibly a world champion if he got a little bit more elevated, I think. But, you know. Oh, I won't deny the guy's talent. And, and obviously Vince knew the guy's talent. They they put him in a fucking movie. Oh, yeah. They also, they also put Teddy DiBiase in a movie, too. So, And uh, uh, The Miz and Summer Rae. <laughs> They're still putting The Miz in movies. And, of course, Paige. She's actually in uh, that Christmas movie with The Miz. Oh, yeah, I forgot about her. We have a story about her when we get to the news here in a few minutes. Wow. But we'll get to that soon enough. But, but no, I mean, you know, I, I've never had an issue with Ken Anderson's ability in the ring. He's a fantastic, phenomenal wrestler with great mic skills. Oh, yeah. But he obviously did not learn the lesson of so many other people is, you know, well, prime example, let's look at Alberto Del Rio. When he got fired from WWE, he even went to court and actually won to to be able to wrestle sooner. Good for him. But one thing he did not do during that time is talk shit about the WWE. He kept his fucking yap shut. He let his lawyer do the talking. So, what happened? Well, where's Alberto Del Rio now? Oh, he's not Alberto Del Rio anymore. He's Alberto El Patron. Wait, no, he's not. He's back in WWE. Yep. Because he kept his fucking yap shut. Yeah, after, after accusing Triple H of racism... He realized once they fired him, shut up, keep your mouth shut, don't talk shit about the company, and eventually you will get a chance to come back and make a lot of money. And sure enough, boom, John Cena's open United States Championship Challenge. Who comes out? Alberto Del Rio. Ah, come on, you got to say it the way it deserves to be said. Alberto Del Rio. I can't roll my R's like that, so. I grew up in Southern California. Uh, Spanglish is the second language to me. So nobody says to bottom up for about or vaquito de nero. Fake. True story. 
at any rate, you know, Del Rio's a, a great example of, you know, keep your fucking mouth shut. Don't talk shit about the company. Oh, yeah. And, and eventually you get to come back. Jake Roberts, prime example. Yep. Spent a few years talking shit, but then learned his lesson. Shut the fuck up and just acknowledge all the great things you did in WWE. And look at this. They give you a fucking, first they gave him a DVD and a Legends contract. Yep. Then they put his ass in the Hall of Fame and, and then put, let him come out and fucking DDT Dean Ambrose and put a snake on him and all. And let's think shit on Dean Ambrose, which is really cool. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> smart move. Yep. The, the key is if you get fired from the WWE and Ryback needs to learn this, don't talk shit. Otherwise, you end up being, well, you end up being uh, Ken Anderson. You end up being Matt Hardy. You end up being Jeff Hardy. Yep. And what do you have to show for it? You're, oh, I'm a top guy in TNA. Well, that's like being the fucking valedictorian of summer school. Yeah, it just, it, it, I mean, now, Steven, now, if you and me got fired from WWE, we'd be pissed. We both know that, but it'd be I like, you know, I like this. Yeah. But you know, you know, my first social media statement after the fact would be, what? it is unfortunate that WWE and I had to part ways, but I will be forever grateful for every opportunity that they gave me. And with oh, yeah. any luck, and with any luck in my future, I will be able to work with them creatively again at some point. And that would be the last goddamn thing I said about it. Shoot interview? Fuck you. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it'd be just like, Why? you know. Because I want to pay that. Yep, it's like, you know what? I've done great things in WWE. They released me and I was mad. I was pissed. But it's like, you know what? It's a business. I understand. It is what it is. I just hope to one day go back, and sure enough, maybe like four or five years down the line, you'll be back. Yeah, and, and see, that's what people, uh, you know, a great example of it is Chavo Guerrero. Yep. You know, I like Chavo. I really do. I mean, I, 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 think, he's, I, I think he's a solid wrestler. Not a great wrestler. He's solid. Oh, yeah. Basically kind of shit on the mic skills, and that's where his biggest drawback came in. That's why he was always the fucking punching bag. But when he left WWE, it wasn't because they didn't want to renew his contract. It was because he went in and demanded, you know, he says, I'm a Guerrero. I deserve big storylines. They went, you're not Eddie Guerrero. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And he went, well, fuck then. I'm not, I'm not signing. And they said, well, bye. You idiot. You they literally, because your last name was Guerrero, they were literally guaranteeing you work for as long as you wanted it. Yeah, you were going to be a joke, but you were going to be cashing big-ass paychecks. Mm-hmm. But you wanted to be an idiot about it. See ya. Vicky did it right. I mean, you know, and this shows you the kind of company WWE is. When Eddie died, they looked at Vicky and said, we're giving you his contract. And she went, what? Do I have to be on TV or anything? She's like, they said, well, we're going to put him in the Hall of Fame and we'd like you to uh, do his speech. But other than that, no, you don't have to do anything. And she went, cool, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was great. You know, it, you know you're know, you enabling me to raise my kids and everything, and that's fantastic. Yep. 
And, you know, obviously she got a good enough relationship with him that she had a very, very long career in WWE. She felt that her time was done, and she decided to, I think she went to school to get her real estate license or some shit like that. Uh, and good for her. I mean, fantastic, but she has not had a bad word to say about WWE. Yeah, I know, right? It's just like, you know, she she was very grateful. She was happy, and it's like, you know what? My time here is done. There's not much else for me to do. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to go do my own thing now, and I'll be forever grateful. Right, exactly. And to this day, she's still, when anybody bumps into her TMZ paparazzi, people are like, hey, you're Vicky Guerrero. She's like, yes, I am. And what do you feel about you know, WWE? Love them. Yep. They're great. Why? Because if she called Vince McMahon tomorrow and said, I'd like to come back, Vince would go, cool. You want SmackDown? Because she kept her yak shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Vince, is not, Vince is not a cold-hearted individual. Vince will rehire anybody as long as it's going to make him money. Yep. Unless you talk way too much shit about him. Mm-hmm. Just the you know, and I and I don't blame the guy for that. Uh, and, and you can't say the guy and the company does not have a heart because, you know, I use um, Dana Warrior as a prime example. Yep. You know, Warrior just signed a Legends contract, agreed to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, went on Raw the, the following Monday, died on Tuesday. Yeah. Horrible, horrible situation. What did WWE do? A, number one, we're giving you his license contract. You do not have to do anything publicly whatsoever. We're just going to pay you. That's it. You don't have to do shit. And, that's and gonna... they they sent a fucking crew of people. Not a huge crew. You know, three, they, they, they sent like three or four people out to her home to, A, keep the fucking media away from her so that her and her daughters could, you know, fucking grieve and keep the fucking press hounds and, and, you know, other people away. And they also did other things. They cleaned her house. They went to the grocery store. All this shit. Not asking, expecting anything zero in return. So what has Dana done? Dana has now signed with the WWE, and she's, you know, she's working with the, you know, the Warrior Award and the Be a Star Project and all that shit. That's the kind of company WWE is. They're a fantastic, fantastic company. I think people that talk shit about Vince McMahon as a businessman just they piss me off. And people that try to take advantage of it like a Ryback, you want a little bit more money? Okay, fine. Go through a real contract negotiations, but you know, don't try to sit there and be a little bitch and do all the crap that Ryback has done and blast it on social media. It's not going to get you anywhere except a fucking gig with a paycheck from TNA worth about a third of what you'd get from WWE, and the shit might bounce. Yeah, it's just uh, they bring you in, they make you into the star they have you tour the world perform in front of the in front of the nation's troops i mean you can do make the make a wish foundation 
That is a job I would love to have, even if I only had one year with them. It'd be probably the best year of my life. Yeah, absolutely. I would, you know, I'd do it in a second. I have severe yep. back problems, and, and if Vince, you know, just to be part of that world, if Vince said, you're going to have to take some bumps, I'd be like, sign me up. Yep, exactly, man. Exactly. You know, I, you know, maybe I'm an idiot for doing that, but, you know, people would, and, and I see, you know, the in the, the TNA fan base is, is rapidly decreasing. Uh, but a former co-host of the show, LP, was, you know, Mr. TNA and now WWE sucks. And always used to bitch me. He's like, you're just up Vince McMahon's ass. I'm like, I call it how I see it. Yep. And, and, and if I was up Vince McMahon's ass, I'd be getting a paycheck. I just, I speak the truth from my point of view. You know, apparently his his blind ass couldn't see that. <laughs> and, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I I got to say, you know, I mean, it is an honor to be co-hosting the show again with you, Stephen. I mean, the first time that we did this, I, I enjoyed it. I have a lot of fun with the show. I really do. It, it, it got, and I think a lot of uh, my not wanting to host it anymore had a lot to do with LP because... <laughs> It was, well, and even after LP with Derek King, it was, it was a fight yep. to have people ready for the show on time. LP would show up, and I mean, he was like, you know, burping into his fucking microphone. I'm like, oh my god. You know, I I, I get that this show is isn't exactly a golden payday, and probably never will be. But it's a, it's an opportunity for everybody to you know express their viewpoints, and I never begrudged any former co-host or guest on this show the chance to speak their mind. I, you know, I, whether they agree or disagree with me, you know, everybody gets a voice on this show, and I've always said that people can call in to this show. And um, by the way, for those of you uh, listening. Uh, at any future point on uh, on Mixcloud or Rock and Waves or anything else that it may be uploaded to, uh, you can actually uh, when we go live again, which will probably be uh, not this coming Tuesday night. Now that we've got everything figured out, it's good, uh, but it'll be every other Tuesday night. Uh, so one week from this coming Tuesday, but uh, you'll be able to actually call in. Uh, to the show, and I'm trying to pull up the uh, the right information, so bear with me here, guys. Uh, sorry. Wow, it's making me sign back in again. Apparently, I've been away from my laptop too long. Let's see. Oh, there we go. All right, uh, so anybody that wants to call in, uh, obviously, you can do that tonight, too, although I didn't do any advertising. Uh, this was more about getting my bearings back. But uh, you can call in at 724-444-7444. It's going to ask for a call ID, and that's going to be 141439. That's going to be the same for all future episodes. That's not going to change week to week, so definitely uh, – you know, be ready for that. But every other Tuesday night 
at um, 1 a.m. Eastern, midnight Central, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's going to be, what, uh, 10 p.m. Pacific. Obviously, you can text the downloads after the facts here at uh, TalkShoe or at Mixcloud or Rock and Waves or anywhere else. Uh, we've actually got an option to upload to iTunes and iHeartRadio, which I may take advantage of. Uh, I'm not really sure just yet, but we'll see about that in the future. Like I said, it's been a while since I've been here, and whew, um, it's a lot of getting my bearings back. I forgot sometimes how nerve-wracking live radio can be, and that's probably a reason, I've got a reason, uh, a tendency to ramble on, uh, but uh, it won't be long and I'll be totally, fully back in the swing of things uh, with any luck. And I think with that note, uh, let's go ahead and hit our uh, last and final commercial break, and when we come back, we are going to discuss uh, this Sunday's Extreme Rules and give... Uh, some predictions for that, and then we've got some news to go over, and God, we have some interesting news stories. So if you are listening, whether it be live or on the podcast, do not go anywhere because, well, some very, very, very interesting news. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back, guys. After these messages, we'll be right back. Master Derek Stark and Bad Billy. on sky106.net Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com Outlaw Radio Some material may not be suitable for children under 18 How would you like to be on the air? Right now, a prestigious position in radio broadcasting can be yours with help from American Broadcasting School. There are a lot of career possibilities out there. Why just dream it? You can become a radio disc jockey, sportscaster, newscaster, or production director. American Broadcasting School, one of the best-known, nationally accredited broadcasting institutions of its kind, can teach you the skills to succeed. Best of all, you'll train from your home computer. Go live on your own internet radio station as instructors evaluate your on-air assignments. You'll receive all the instructional materials and software to get you started. Train from home, learn from home. It's that convenient. Plus, American Broadcasting School offers job placement assistance so you can land the broadcasting career you deserve. ABS has helped thousands of graduates break into the field, and you're next. American Broadcasting School is the nation's number one way of entering broadcasting. Call 888-677-5227 or visit online at radioschoolonline.com. 
Words of power. They have meaning. A people which is able to say everything becomes able to do everything. Freedom of speech. Freedom of expression. Right to free speech. It guarantees everyone a voice. In 1852, Frederick Douglass spoke out against the injustices of slavery. In 1873, Susan B. Anthony argued the prejudice of voting laws. In 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. helped to end segregation laws. These voices change history. Make your voice heard. For more information, visit www.freedomofspeechpsa.org. Hi, this is Jack, founder of Jack in the Box. Let's talk to Lowell on line eight. Jack, I'm calling to thank you for your new Smokehouse Bacon Cheddar Burger. Oh, well, you're welcome. No, I mean really thank you. Taking a big juicy patty and loading it up with bacon, American cheese, smoky cheddar, grilled onions, and barbecue sauce. You've really done something. Well, I'm glad you like it. I'm going to fly out to your office and shake your hand. Mmm, that's okay. Knowing you like my new big gourmet burger is thanks enough. Let me write you a poem. Nah. Do you like massages? Not really. Sponge baths? I'll pass, thanks. Okay. I'll just search the web for your address and we'll rent some movies. Stay away from my house, Lowell. I have a big dog. I'll bring him a biscuit. He only eats people. Named Lowell. And while I search the yellow pages for moat builders, here's Aaron O'Brien, a real-life crew member from Waco, Texas. For a limited time, stop by Jack in the Box for Jack's new Smokehouse Bacon Cheddar Burger. It's really good. Thanks, Jack. Thanks a lot. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. And all was Benjamin Franklin wise. So you actually think electricity can pass through metal? Ha! Ben Franklin, go fly a kite! Excellent idea! Where, where are my keys? Besides the bifocals, Ben invented the Franklin Up stone! You go. The odometer! So, Lisa, can I get you something to drink? A cold beer would be nice. Oh, that's a tough one, darling. I she left him wide open and he's in a rough spot. He'll not be happy with that. Well, how does he now get himself out of danger and back in serious contention? As you can see on his face, he's desperately trying to decide on the best approach. He's consulting with his partner, Furry Johnson, on this one. Well, Furry has certainly seen it all before, so oh, here we go. Let's see how he plays it. Excuse me. Could we have two Michelob lights over here, please? Oh, that's a great call. Very well played. He went through all the options, cool as a halibut, if you like, and chose the Michelob light. You have to admire that kind of high-pressure decision-making in such a young man, Mike. Yes, and just look at the smile on his face as he acknowledges the crowd, Duncan. Michelob light. Official beer of the PGA Tour. And now, back to Stunner Wrestling, Inc. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and it's about time to do the news and give you our predictions for this Sunday's pay-per-view, that, of course, being Extreme Rules. But before we do that, a uh, couple of the house-cleaning things i got to get to. Uh, number one, Derek. Yep. Still with me? Yep. Good. Uh, just out of curiosity, and uh, feel free to say no or tell me you need time to think about it or whatever, but uh, how would you like the uh, permanent job as the uh, second host for Sun Wrestling Inc.? Uh, I think I could uh, give a big ooh, yeah, to that. Actually, you know what? 
before I answer that, let's see what Randy Savage would say to Uh-oh. that. Oh, yeah! All right, well, the job is yours. Uh, well, uh, we can go over uh, a few other things later, but essentially uh, I'll get you added as an admin on the uh, Facebook page, which, by the way, for those of you listening, if you want to check that out, uh, that's going to be facebook.com slash summer8112. Uh, go ahead and like us uh, there. We would appreciate it. Uh, we're also on Twitter, but I honestly forgot the Twitter handle because I changed it about a week ago. So we'll I'll get back to you on that. Uh, and also, Derek, I'll get you the password for the Twitter, so awesome. you can get everything that you want to post and shit on there. So, all right, well then it's official. Derek is now the official secondary host, and I use secondary host because I don't want to say co-host because that makes it seem like you're. Below me, you're not. Uh, you're rather I say rather than secondary. You're the other host of Center Wrestling Inc. <laughs> so yeah. congratulations uh, to this appointment. Uh, it pays nothing. Just to let you head, go ahead and know that now. Well, at least I get some valued experience. Well, cool. And if you ever get famous, uh, I'll probably sue you for something. Just so you know. <laughs> All right, well, as long as I can afford to pay you off, then, uh, then we'll be good to go. Awesome. All right, the other housekeeping thing, uh, not that this is uh, really into the news, but I uh, wanted to go ahead and throw it out there. Apparently, uh, eight years ago today, Gold Dust, that's uh, Dustin Rhodes or Dustin Reynolds, uh, whatever name you want to call him by, decided he needed to get a bit of help because he had a severe problem with drugs and alcohol and so for eight years today, uh, Gold Dust Dustin has been clean and sober, and that is an awesome thing. Just wanted to give a quick shout out. Uh, he threw out a few tweets about it earlier and said, Eight years ago, I decided I need help, drugs, and alcohol consume me and everything I did on a daily basis. Eight years ago, I said, No more clean. Uh, I said, Also, please don't let drugs and alcohol consume you. Believe me when I say this. Your life means something to someone in this world. Clean is cool. Awesome. Uh, congratulations to Goldust, Dustin. Uh, yeah. I honestly, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of anybody that has a real problem with drugs or alcohol that, that gets clean and stays clean because I've known too many people that don't. Um, I think that's fucking awesome. Particularly, uh, you know, in my case, uh you know, I, I will talk about uh, wrestlers on the show that have problems with drugs or alcohol and that ruins their careers. It would probably be wrong of me to not say that typically when I do this show, I actually, uh, I usually have a drink or two or 20, uh, not that many, but, <laughs> you know. People got to do what they got to do. Even David Letterman used to keep a bottle of Jack Daniels underneath the desk to drink while he was doing his show. So, if it's okay for David Letterman, it's okay for me, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's get on to the news. And apparently, there has not been a lot of news in the past few days. Thank God I had other shit lined up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's been it's been a slow couple of news days. It really has, and 
you know, sometimes I think when it comes to professional wrestling, slow news uh, days or weeks are probably a good thing, though, because when busy news weeks happen, people are getting fired, people are getting arrested, people are dying. I, I, I kind of like slow news weeks simply because there's no drama. The, the wrestling industry is in fucking harmony. And that doesn't happen nearly often enough, so it's probably a good thing. However, uh, not going to have a lot of that. Uh, yeah, the last couple of days since I compiled this list have been slow. But the week before that, and I only went back a week, because I, I know we've been gone a while, so I only went back a week. And, wow, there's some shit going on. <laughs> First, right off the bat, uh, the next... <laughs> Superstar to be released by the WWE, and it's not going to be Ryback, is going to be Adam Rose, because he was arrested by the Hillsborough County Sheriff last week and charged with misdemeanor domestic battery and felony tampering with a witness. According to the police report, Rose and his wife were arguing about their marriage when Rose allegedly grabbed her by the face and pulled her closer to his face and screamed at her. She then proceeded to call the cops. Derek, you still looking? I just got a weird message on my... Um... Uh, I'm, I'm still here, yeah. Okay. If you're still here, then we're still on the air. Okay, great. Sorry, weird thing in the chat room. New service, so we'll work out the details as we go along here, folks. Sorry. Anyway, he allegedly grabbed her by the face, pulled her closer while he screamed at her. I can only imagine that weird motherfucker grabbing me by the face and screaming. Although, I mean, if you got to get screamed at, how elegant would it be to get screamed at by a Brit? Uh, <laughs> I'd probably You're be a fucking whore. And I don't like... Oh, that's more Irish than British. Well, either way. <laughs> just seems like a very elegant way to get yelled at, I suppose. Mm-hmm. At any rate, when she decided to call 911, he took the phone from her to stop her from calling, which is why he got the felony charge of tampering with a witness. Idiot. He was held without bail for about three days and eventually bailed out. His wife did try to save his ass when, during his arraignment, she stood up in front of the judge and pretty much downplayed the whole thing, mostly because she pretty much, um, by calling the cops, uh, ruined his entire career, not saying that it wasn't warranted. I, I am a big, big, big opponent of domestic violence. I don't respect any man that ever lays his hands on a woman in that fashion. Although, if all he did was grab her face and yell, I don't really consider that domestic violence. I can I call that an argument, but I wasn't there, so I don't know. Um, my opinion on it really doesn't matter. However, WWE released a statement saying WWE has a zero tolerance for matters involving domestic violence per our policy. Raymond Lippin, 
L-E-P-P-A-N, Latin, whatever, a.k.a. Adam Rose, has been suspended indefinitely following his arrest. Bye-bye, Adam Rose. Thank God your character sucked, and I'm not sad you're gone. By the way, just uh, so you know, Rose was also serving a 60-day suspension for his second, and keep in mind he hasn't been that long, second violation of the WWE wellness policy, which means he popped dirty for a fucking drug test. So, poor Adam. Well, look at the upside. You can go to Japan, or you can take a tiny paycheck for TNA to buy a balance, I guess. Um, Let's see. It was also recently reported that eight superstars... Well, actually, no, before I get to that, let's talk about Adam Rose for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, uh, you know, as a former cop, um, you know, okay, he grabbed her face. Uh, from a law enforcement standpoint, I, I don't know that I would arrest him on that. Um, that, 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 that to me is not physical harm. Uh, it, it sure as hell could be mentally, uh, and emotionally hard on on a person, and, and I'm not discrediting that in any way, but I I don't see that as you know I don't see that as hitting somebody. And while I hate 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 men that hit women, I do. It, it pisses me off to no end that a grown ass man would hit a woman. I know, right? I, it, it, I, I don't see grabbing... I, I mean, I've not had cause to do this to my wife, but I've got a three-year-old that won't listen for shit, and, I, and, and one of my favorite tools in, in getting him to listen and discipline is to grab his jaw and pull his face to mine and explain to him exactly why he is in trouble. So, I, I mean, I don't understand why that would, and I don't think anybody would argue with me that that's an improper way to discipline a child. I mean, I'm not hurting him. So I I, I, I fail to see how that's domestic violence. Um, so, you know, I, I will stand with, and again, as a former cop, I will stand with Adam Rose on that aspect. However... When she picked up the phone to call the cops and he took the phone away from her, yeah, you broke the law there. Uh, There's no explaining that away. There's zero, well, heat of the moment, whatever you want to call it. There's none of that. You broke the fucking law, period. Derek? Uh, I definitely agree with you, man. I mean, if she calls the cops, she can't really do anything about that, even if you take the phone and break it, you're pretty much, hey, you know what? You broke it. You're going to jail, man. Simple as that. Oh, by the way, I saw this uh, I saw this post with uh, Adam Rose's mugshot, and underneath it said, well, at least he's getting booked somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, that's pretty fair. I mean, you know, and the, the real bitch of it with Adam Rose is, he uh, he really is. He, he's a he's a fine wrestler. Um, 
Yep. I, he couldn't have one of the worst characters uh, since Santino Morella. I mean, Santino's another prime example uh, of somebody that had real talent that almost never, ever got utilized. Yep. Or you utilized the right way. Right. Well, I mean, Santino's character was wildly popular, and, and they did a lot of, you know, cool things that, that really got his name out there. And yeah. it made him a lot of money, and that was fantastic for them and, and for Santino's bank account. But the very there was a couple of times that they actually let him get in the ring and wrestle. Yep. And when they actually did that, uh, uh, what was it, um... Elimination Chamber, uh, what, four years ago? I I believe so. Hold on. Uh, this is why I like Derek. He just, he, he's going to constantly check facts for me. This is awesome. You're going to make the perfect co-host. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I could do, I, I could do all that, but I just, you know, I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, plus, you know, I mean, yeah, just... hey, if you're willing to do it, Sam, fucking tactic, man, great. <laughs> Uh, let's see um, I love that but you just don't like to be inconvenienced and well you're taking away the inconvenience part for me that's right (laughs) oh yeah no doubt no doubt Um, let's see well it wasn't the uh 2013 one. I think it might have been the 2014 one. Let me take a look. Okay, well, while you're checking that, uh, I, I will explain my point of view here. They managed to somehow or other put Santino into the main event, which was the Elimination Chamber match, um, either for the WWE Championship or for the number one contender slot, uh, I forget which. But they actually let the guy wrestle in the match, and he was fucking great. And and I I don't understand why they just wanted to... I mean, you know, I praise a lot of what Vince and and Triple H do as far as, uh, you know, booking and everything, but there are just certain things that I just look at and go, why are you not utilizing? Uh, Santino was one of them. He literally had the ability um, to be one of the top mid-card guys. Instead, you get, they, WWE used him as a joke. Uh, R-Truth, um, the closest they ever got to really getting him really high up there was the little Jimmy gimmick. And while that was great, and I enjoyed it, he's a phenomenal wrestler. I, I don't know why they don't utilize some of the guys that are out there. On the other hand, I applaud the fact that, you know, when The Shield first came out, I sat here on this show, like, I don't know much about Roman Reigns. I admitted that, but it was like Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins are two of the greatest wrestlers that I've seen in recent years. And these guys come from a Ring of Honor and Combat Zone wrestling background. They're fucking phenomenal. And what do you get? Well, you get one of them as a WWE champion, which blew my fucking mind. 
love the fact that they actually gave Seth Rollins that shot, and I think he was a great WWE champion. Dean Ambrose, they keep putting him not as a champion, but in all these big matches, and I think it's a and they keep him very relevant in all the storylines, and I think it's great. Those are, you know, four examples of two guys they handled wrong, Santino Morella and Our Truth, and two guys they handled right, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. 2012. Oh, wow, I was rambling on so much I forgot you were looking up the um, Elimination Chamber. Okay, 2012 Elimination Chamber main event. And how great was Santino in that match? He was fucking awesome. Yep, and uh, that that match also featured uh, Daniel Bryan, that was the champion, Santino Morella, Wade Barrett, Cody Rhodes, Big Show, and the great Kali. Well, you know, almost everybody in that match was good. <laughs> and to be honest, when it got down to Santino Morella and Daniel Bryan, I mean, that what they could have done was actually had Santino Morella win the belt, and I believe if they had the uh, money in the bank, uh, uh, the person holding that, they could have cashed it in right away, and that way Santino could have been at least a heavyweight champion, even though they would have let it only go for a couple See, of minutes. The, the way I, I would have worked that had I been – you know, the booker and writer for that match. I would have had Santino do that match exactly the way he did it. He started out, you know, his his little goofy character, but then started showing off some skills. At the end of the match, I would have just had him fucking totally snap and go, you know what, I'm tired of being this fucking little comical gimmick. I actually can get out here and beat your ass. And I would have had him win the title and come out the next night on Raw and drop the goofy little accent because he doesn't really have it. Mm-hmm. And stand up and go, you know what? I've been playing this game for far too long. I'm out here to beat somebody's ass, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. And that would have started a whole new career path for, for Santino. And I think it would have gone really well. I actually, I can actually see that going as one of the best things that would have been happening for him. Of course, during that time, uh, 2012, you know, Daniel Bryan had his feud with uh, Sheamus. I do believe in 2012. So yeah, that that was the same year that. Daniel Bryan went into WrestleMania as the World Heavyweight Champion and had uh, the shortest WrestleMania title match ever and lost to Sheamus. Ah. Which was just, as much as I like Daniel Bryan, I think Daniel Bryan is a phenomenal performer. However, go figure that everything that Triple H said about him as a storyline ended up being true. Yep. That, you know, you really do have the heart of a lion, and he does, but he doesn't have the body to back it up. I know that the writers just put that in there because they thought it would be a cool thing to say, but who knew it was true? Well, I mean, I, I will give him this. I mean, he did, for him, he does take high risks, and he could have easily have only saved that for special occasion matches. 
Yeah, and you know his career probably would have made it another five years if he'd have done it that way. That's you know ballsy on him because it made him who he was. Yep. And, and, and if WWE would have understood who he was, I mean, there's old footage of him versus I mean it was uh, John Cena way, 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 way back in the day. Uh, where they pretty much they were, he was in the area. They needed an opponent for Cena for SmackDown, and they brought in Brian Danielson for that. And the guy's been a phenomenal wrestler for years and years and years. And for the last seven, eight years of his career, he pretty much climbed the mountain at WWE. Not a lot of guys can say that. I, I honestly, I mean, I don't think the guy should have any regrets. Um, he could have prolonged his career by tapering off some of the high-risk shit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, would he have gotten to where he got by not doing as much high-risk stuff? It's sure, kind of hard. It, it's uh, kind of hard to say. But I mean, in the end. You know, yeah, he probably still could have a career, much in the same way Edge could have still had a career. Take a couple of years to heal properly and then go back to it. But air on the side of caution, these guys got both Daniel Bryan, or Bryan, I'm going to stop calling him Daniel Bryan because that's not who he is. Bryan Danielson and Adam Copeland both did the right thing and ended shit. At the top of the game, at, at the top of their game, sit on a pile of fucking money, and especially in, in Edge's case, Adam Copeland's case, yeah, he he's fell back on. I mean, he's got a pretty successful show on the WWE Network with his good buddy Christian. Uh, he's got his show on the Sci-Fi Network, uh, Haven. Yeah. I, I'm not too worried about any of these guys. Uh, Daniel's going to you know, be a pretty well-featured character on Total Bellas, so yeah, he's going to be signing a paycheck for a while. And Yeah, the guy, the, these guys did what they loved. They got hurt. They got smart, and they quit. Not yeah, going to blame them on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, they knew exactly when it, when it was time to call it a day because, I mean, they didn't. They're like, you know what, I I had a good run over 10, 15 years, whatever it was. I've made money. I've sold out arenas. I've had my fun. It's time for me to go do something else. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and to this day, they're, you know, Edge, you know, that music hits, and everybody knows who Edge is. There are professional sports teams out there that have crowds chanting, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you know, these guys have left their mark on culture. Not too many people can say that. Good for them. Yeah, all all props and all congratulations to them. I actually got to uh, shake Daniel Bryan's hand when we were in the uh, when we were at the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We we were actually. Uh, one row behind the, we're actually two rows behind the announcers, which was uh, JBL, and I think uh, Michael Cole, and uh, Daniel Bryan, you know, went around and shook everyone's hand at the end of the show. 
I reached my hand out, and he actually shook it, and I'm like, that is fucking awesome. It was him, Dolph Ziggler, and Kofi Kingston. Nice. I, I had a similar experience. I didn't get to shake anybody's hand because they. I actually had uh, front row tickets for Raw in Las Vegas. Nice. And uh, the main event was DX, uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, the last incarnation, against uh, Chris Jericho and the big show, Jericho. That was the main event. Um, and it was also Vince McMahon's uh, birthday. That was oh, a nice. big thing. They did a huge thing after Raw that never made it to air, but uh, really cool. But after the match, Shawn Michaels went around and shook everybody's hand. But that was when they were doing the guest host thing for Raw, and because it was Las Vegas, the guest host was Floyd Mayweather. And because it was Floyd Mayweather, my uh, seat of... Row one seat, uh, or row, yeah, row one seat uh, seven, or whatever the hell it was, which should have been right at the barrier. Yep. I got bumped back to uh, section one B because they added an extra front row in that section for Floyd Mayweather's family. Ah. So I didn't get to shake anybody's hand because of Floyd Mayweather's punk ass, bullshit, ghetto ass family. <laughs> that's a yeah that's a whole other issue anyway let's get back to the news obviously it was reported that uh, recently that eight superstars were released on Friday the 6th of May might actually just be the beginning of an ongoing company wide terminations this happens uh, pretty much not every year but about every other year they the post-WrestleMania firings, as they like to call it. According to PWInsider.com, another round of cuts is expected to be announced after this Sunday's Extreme Rules pay-per-views. Ooh. WWE usually announces releases on Friday, which means they could announce the set as soon as Friday the 27th, unless for some reason they decide to wait. So God knows who's going to be in that list. We've also been hearing rumors of another surprise WWE release, a woman star who could be considered a top superstar. It was noted that stays of execution are always possible, though. For some towns, you go through late negotiations, but it sounds like officials already know who will be getting cut although no names are being released yet. Although Top Woman Superstar, hmm, if I have to throw a guess out there on this one, I'm going to go ahead and say Natalia. Eh, I I don't know about, about Natalia. I'm thinking Summer Rae. I can see that uh, Summer Rae is effectively useless. Well, they pretty much use her as a manager, which she is pretty good at, I will say. And she is good in the in the rain for, you know, her matches with Natalia, but it's like she's underutilized and I mean, if I had a choice, I'd have got rid of Eva Marie a long time ago. That's just me. So I'm not a fan of her goddamn ketchup colored hair. Yeah, but they said the top women's town. I wouldn't consider her anywhere near the top, so. 
Well, yeah, she's more like a bottom dweller, I think. Even Marie, but, you know. Um, you know, there's also possibilities they could uh, they, they, they could actually officially announce um, the Bella's uh, contract uh, as far as in ring being done at this point, too, so. Oh, true, true, because they did that with uh, Christian because his in-ring uh, contract expired, so. Right, which doesn't mean Christian still doesn't, obviously, he still has a a job with the WWE, although I would have liked to have seen a send-off for him. They just kind of let him fade away, which I, I always thought that was kind of sad for Christian because he's such a great wrestler, but... Yep, and... But I mean, he, he's taking he's taking it in his strides. WWE still signing the paychecks, and you know what? He is still there every week on the Edge and Christian. This is awesome show, or whatever the hell they call that stupid yep. ass show they do. <laughs> I I think it's uh, the show that reeks of awesomeness. Yeah, that's the one. Right. On a related note, uh, word is that the releases are being made to clear the way for some new signings. It was also noted that it was uh, implied to Damian Sandow that his release was a timing thing as the company felt that the time to freshen up the roster, not because of anything he did. Which, to be fair, you know, um, Sandow was a prime example of uh, somebody just really, really mishandled from the beginning. Uh, He's a great, great wrestler. He's got fantastic technical skills. He's got good mic skills. His character was shit right from the beginning, and they should have known that because anytime they do the aristocrat or teacher type thing, it never works. They've tried it and tried it and tried it and tried it and tried it, they they've done leaping or the genius Lenny Poffa. They've done uh, your professor Shane Douglas and so many other ones. That, that that stupid shit never, 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 never works. Yet they keep trying it. It was a total waste. I can see why this one hits uh, Triple H hard because Sandow was Triple H's first sign as an executive. That was Triple H's guy. That was alright, you know, Paul this, you're an executive now and we want you to help find talents and shape this company. He went, great! I picked Damian Sandow and they went, okay, and this is what we're going to do with him. And he should have went, fuck, I'm screwed. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I was actually a fan of uh, Damian Sandow's, his his character, you know, when he started impersonating uh, LeBron James, uh, Vince McMahon, Bret Hart. Uh, yeah, was, yeah, but, you know, the thing is they never came up with an, an original character for him because true. The, that wasn't even original because they pulled that shit before with Charlie Haas. Well, yeah, yeah, true, true. And but, Charlie uh, Haas did it better. Uh, that That's debatable, I think, but... Uh, they they did have one where they teamed him up with uh, Curtis Axel, who was going as Axel Mania, and they were recreating 
the the mega powers that Randy yeah, Savage. Yeah, and, and that was actually growing in popularity, but that was right at the time they ended up having to fire Hogan because he, you know, used the word nigger. Yeah, and that it's was just, that that was just unfortunate because that the, the 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 mega powers thing was actually starting to really get some momentum and becoming popular. Oh yeah, and I was really looking forward to seeing how far they could take that, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, because they, they could have done uh, six months of, you know, building it up and then six months of tearing it down the same way they basically did with the real Mega Powers. It really could have, it, it could have worked well. But once you fire Hogan for being a racist, you can't really mock his character either. Yeah, true, true. So, yeah. I, I, I've got tons of respect for Sandy. I think he's a fine talent, and it... I mean, even WWE said it wasn't anything he did. He just he wasn't fitting in with the roster. So, uh, you know, if he gets out there and really does some cool shit on, on the indie scene and, and gets his name back out there... As long as he doesn't, you know, talk shit about the company, as we stated earlier in the show, yep, they'll rehire him if they see that he's got something to offer. So, oh yeah, hopefully they do. I, I I like the guy. I didn't like some of the gimmick. I didn't like the gimmicks, but I liked him. He, he he's a <laughs> fantastic talent. I I actually liked it when he uh, when he impersonated uh, LeBron James and he challenged uh, Big Show to try to dunk that. Uh, basketball uh, in that in that hoop and Big Show just threw the ball at him, him in the gut and knocked him out and then dunked the ball. I, I was laughing so damn hard. I thought that was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the guy was great. Uh, like I said, I didn't like some of the gimmicks, but he really does have a lot of talent. So hopefully he will uh, continue to land on his feet and with any luck will get rehired under a different gimmick and... Uh, or even bring him back as Damian Sandow, but give it a year of him being gone and then yep. just have to make him just some kind of surprise entrance and not have some silly, you know, gimmick at all. Just have him show up and beat the hell out of somebody out of the blue and be like, you know what? I'm tired of this shit. Fuck you. I'm here <laughs> to kick ass and take names. Yep. That, exactly. should, be, that should be how they, they bring him back. Oh, yeah. However, people that were not released, though, and here's an interesting one. There are some people that are not released uh, that are in relationships, and apparently they're going public. And the interesting thing about it is um, one of the people in this relationship is married. Ooh. So apparently recently WWE superstars... Alberto Del Rio and Cage. That's an odd couple, by the way. Yeah, definitely. The guy that comes from, like, the land of siestas and laying out on the beach and all that shit, uh, you know, Del Rio, who... I was trying, I was going to say good-looking guy, but I was scampering myself to say he's kind of a goofy-looking fucker, but whatever. Uh, the dude's ripped him in good shape um, and has a lot of money. 
is dating Paige, who is literally young enough to be his daughter. He's uh, how old did we figure out Del Rio was? Thirty-eight, thirty-six. I believe it was. I want to say it was thirty-eight, but I could be wrong. Uh, thirty-eight know, years old on thirty, is, soon to be thirty-nine years old on twenty-fifth May. Okay, so well, all right, thirty. We'll call thirty-nine then. And Paige is twenty-three. So, yeah, literally and physically, technically, he is old enough to be her father. And he is currently married. But uh, in the pictures uh, that made everything public uh, that came out, were taken at Disneyland, and um, apparently they were pushing around his infant daughter in a stroller. That's just a weird relationship. I mean, he's like, well, obviously super tanned, and I'm sure, you know, likes the sun, and she obviously, if for no other reason to keep her character, hides from the sun. Mm-hmm. Does not tan very well. Well, she's a Brit anyway, and most Brits, don't tan. They're very fair skinned like I am. I could be out in the sun all day long and all I'm going to do is turn into a bright fucking snozzberry. <laughs> and oh. yes, the ladies do tell me the snozzberries do taste like snozzberries. Oh dear freaking God. A Super Troopers reference? Yeah, well, you know, I figure anybody that uh, is listening that gets that reference is old enough not to report me for violating the fucking age restrictions. <laughs> true, true. But, I mean... Um, although, you know, it's kind of funny enough because as orange as Alberto is from all the time of the sun or tanning booth or whatever, or, and he's not a real tall guy, uh, he kind of resembles an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, but, I mean, what I don't understand is we said that he's married, but maybe he's actually in the middle of getting getting a divorce, and well, he that, wants... Well, that's, that's the thing is, you know, none of the articles I've read have said anything about him getting a divorce, but, I mean, obviously, if he's going public with his relationship with Paige... Either it's one of two things, um, most likely in the process of getting a divorce. Yep. Uh, less likely, maybe he's in an open marriage, um, and that's not completely unheard of. Yeah, true, true. Weird, but not unheard of. Yeah. Wasn't all that long ago, I was sleeping with some chick... Uh, whose husband was in the other room and he knew about it, but that's... In my defense, she was hot. So that's all I was saying. <laughs> Just don't know uh, At any rate, the, the pictures of the two that uh, were posted uh, were taken at Disneyland and it's not like they were taken from like uh, random people. These were pictures that they had posed for. 
So one or both of them, like, release them. So I, I, I'm guessing it, it's probably more the fact that his marriage is over. Yep. So, uh, all I can say, um, uh, maybe this sounds sexist of me. I, I don't know. Uh, good for him and on her part. Ew. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean no, seriously, Paige is too old. I'm too old for Paige, and Alberta is two years older than me. True, but I mean, congrats to Del Rio. I mean, for getting a beautiful woman like Paige, because she, I mean, she is a drop dead gorgeous woman. I will admit that right now in front of everybody. She is gorgeous. But, I mean, it's just, it's, I think that'd be kind of weird. I mean, I, I'm i kind of afraid that they would, that the women in the back would probably start comparing her to Sonny because, I mean, Sonny made her way around some of the wrestlers, too, during her time. So. Yeah, I can see that. But at the same time, Sonny literally fucked wrestler after wrestler after wrestler. That's true. Uh, if, you, if you look on Wiki, at least on her Wikipedia page, basically uh, her relationships uh, stayed away from wrestlers until yeah. Del Rio, and that's actually why, actually, you know, as a guy, I could never. I mean, if Paige or any of the other gorgeous divas walked up and said, you know. I want to be yours and yours alone. I'd be like, yes. And then I would go, um, wait, you're around all these really, really, and I'm obscure enough in my masculinity to admit these guys are fucking hot. They spend half their fucking life in the gym. I get that. They're hot. Yep. I, I couldn't do it. And that's probably why her relationships failed because the guys that she was with, these musician guys, we're looking at, like, look, you're around all these guys all the time, and I'm sure she probably was fucking at least some of them. Yeah. Well, you never well, you, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. I mean, these are from, like, wrestling websites. I mean, you never really truly know what know what what is going on behind closed doors, you know? No, you don't, but, I mean... It's not hard to read between the lines, and when when it comes to really anybody famous, it doesn't matter if if it's wrestling or anything like that, or musicians, anybody that spends a significant amount of time on the road. If you are on the road with people that are in much better physical shape and that are more visually appealing to you. I'm sorry if your husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, whatever, is at home, people are just going to give in to temptation and yeah, it's not right, but that's 
it's just the name of the game, and it's it, it, it's a it's really a fucking shame that so many fucking real relationships get ruined because of fame, but yep. that's just the way it is. I mean, even old school people like uh, how was the name I was trying to Dolly Parton, actually, who's getting ready to renew her wedding vows. Good for her. Mm-hmm. But it said in public that she lives her life, he lives his, and he doesn't want to know if she's cheating, and she doesn't want to know if he's cheating. Okay. Uh, well, that tells me that you're both fucking people. So, good for you, I guess. Yeah. I mean... I guess that's the kind of relationship you have, whatever. Yeah. You're on the road over 300 days a year. You're surrounded by these uh, by these uh, women wrestlers that look in tremendous shape, and I could see why you know guys would be tempted. I mean, I mean, if I had a chance with Natalia, pretty much any, uh, Becky Lynch, I mean, Sasha Banks, any any woman on the roster, they'd be like, "Well, all right." Not yeah, even. I mean- you know, you're there, you're, everybody stays at the same hotel. You can't really go out too much in public because, well, A, if you do something stupid in public, it becomes news and you could lose your job. So what do you do? You hang out with the people that you work with and there are all these people that are in fantastic shape and they're very pretty people, both male and female. Well, that kind of shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, why right now, if, you know, if, if Natalia knocked on my door and said, I want you and only you, I'd, for about 10 seconds, I'd be like, yay! And that's then exactly I, what Then I'd realize, unless I can fucking be next to her fucking side 24-7, I'm screwed because, well... She actually sounds like one of the uh, most faithful women out there, I think. I think, at least. I'm sure she is, but why is she faithful? Yeah, true, yeah. Because Tyson kid's right there the whole fucking time. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know, maybe I, I don't want to sound so jaded to say that everybody cheats because I don't cheat. Yeah. I never have, I never will. I'd like to think that my wife wouldn't, but I've also been cheated on, so I'm a little bit jaded on that aspect. Therefore, I, I mean, I, I don't purposely... I mean, I don't prevent my wife from, you know, doing like the girls' night. Uh, her and my cousin are going out uh, in a couple of weeks to go to some stupid fucking club, and my wife knows I hate dance clubs. So her and my cousin are going out. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, you know. On one hand, I'm like, well, you know, ladies, go out have a good time. 
Then there's the other part of me going, right, there's going to be a bunch of good-looking guys there. It's going to be, you know, dark and the flashing lights and sweaty people and buying people buying drinks. and Anyway, that's a whole other issue, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Yep. And that's, I mean, you know, I'm talking on a personal level, you know, a one-time thing, and there's a certain part of me that's concerned about that. With wrestlers, we're talking about they spend two-thirds of the year better on the road, and through most of that, their husbands and wives are not there. Yeah. It just, it that leaves the doors open to temptation. Yeah, it does. All right, anyway, so either way, uh, weirdly enough, Alberto Del Rio and Paige are a couple. Weird. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway, this past weekend, fans in Greensville, North Carolina, re- were reportedly very upset when AJ Styles was re- was pulled from this weekend's live events. Uh, AJ was pulled from the ring this weekend, this past weekend, Two rest up and heels, he's been dealing with nagging injuries. AJ later tweeted that he's dealing with an ankle issue. Fans at last night's live events were still expecting to see Styles work a triple threat match in the main event with Sheamus and Roman Reigns right up until the main event. So apparently their WWE is not considering AJ a big enough name that they're offering refunds for just yet. But so, um, when you look at AJ's age, he's going to have some minor injuries, uh, more so than a lot of the younger guys. Mm -hmm. And yet when it's showtime, he still gets out there and does his shit, so... Yeah, shit happens. Get up there and bust his ass better than uh, better than most. Yeah. All right. So obviously it's been confirmed of John Cena's uh, return date, but apparently Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and Seth Rollins will also be returning from injuries in the next month or so. Uh, and the plan is obviously to start with uh, Cena on Memorial Day. That will be this coming Monday, May 30th. Uh, some of the other returns are penciled in for the week of June 6th when WWE will be in Oklahoma. The idea is to use the buzz surrounding Cena's return to have the momentum when it's time to bring the others back in. Uh, however, Wyatt is not actually expected to wrestle for at least the first few weeks after he is brought back. So I'm going to assume that we won't see Wyatt back until the next pay-per-view in a wrestling capacity, but we'll see him in a non-wrestling capacity. I honestly forgot Randy Orton was even in WWE. I really did. Is that wrong? Uh, no, I mean he's been he's been gone for so long. I mean he was out with an injury before, but 
he heard something in his in his body taking some garbage out to the can out to the trash can and he's i don't know I mean, well, I mean that's that's exactly. It. I mean, he had an in in ring injury that sidelined him for a while, and he was like, you know, literally days away from returning, and then fucked shit up some other way. Yep. So they just literally don't even mention. They haven't said a damn word about Randy Orton for the longest time. I and, and wrestling is a week by week thing, and it's nothing against Randy Orton. I love Randy Orton. I think he's fantastic. I, I just I, I mean I I forgot that he was even around. Yeah, but I mean, and... there, there, there's been so much else going on. I mean, you 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 have Jericho back on on TV full time. Uh, you you have you know Samoa Joe as NXT champion. You have AJ Styles in the WWE. You know, literally those two guys right there alone is a huge, huge fucking deal enough that I've forgotten about Randy Orton. Yep. I can't remember the last time I was watching Raw or pay-per-view and went, hmm, I wonder where Randy Orton's at or what Randy Orton's up to. Or when they're going to... I've been more consumed... Literally since the Royal Rumble, and granted, it was kind of uh, I don't know. Whenever we was voting, uh, you know, around my house at Royal Rumble, we always vote for two things. We vote for well, technically, that's four things. We vote for our person who's going to win the Royal Rumble our dark horse pick for who is going to win the Royal Rumble our main surprise entry to the Royal Rumble and our dark horse pick for surprise entry. That's just, you know, what everybody, all the wrestling fans around the house, before we even turn the TV on, that's, we we cast our votes. And in this particular case, I had two votes that were one and the same. I had a little help from the dirt sheet saying that he was in town but nothing official. When the Royal Rumble came around, I said my number one pick for surprise entry is AJ Styles. And they went, no. And I went, no, yeah, that's my pick. And they went, okay, well, who's your dark horse pick? I said, AJ Styles. And they went, what? I'm like, just trust me on this. Well, why don't you pick him to win? Because he's not going to win, but still. And I was right, so that was kind of cool. But, you know, I, I, I've i been so on the AJ Styles train since Royal Rumble. Since then, I've literally, through WrestleMania and everything else, have forgotten about Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like you're out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. I mean, you put somebody on the shelf for long enough and... I forget about him. And, you know, part of that is, I guess, you know, since uh, stepping away from the microphone last year, I I honestly, I mean, every time I pull up my Internet browser and my favorites list, you know, the first is, 
Well, let me pull up my uh, browser. The the it, you know, my home button is my Yahoo page, uh, but on, on uh, my bookmarks, you know, I've got Facebook, and the second is uh, Lords of Pain, which is my personal favorite dirt sheet, and then I've got uh, Prime Wire, it's a movie and TV site, YouTube, Gmail, Twitter, Netflix, Craigslist, uh, my bank, and a few other things. But since I've stopped doing the show, I mean, the number two thing on, on my bookmarks list, my 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 dirt sheet, I I haven't even clicked on. I gotta say, part of it's been kind of nice. Uh, I've been watching wrestling more as a fan. I don't know until I started doing prep for the show here in the last few weeks. I, I I've been watching wrestling more as a fan. I guess it's kind of cool. Um, oh yeah. I, I I've kind of forgotten <laughs> what it was like to watch wrestling as a fan, not knowing about contract signings and all this shit. Uh, with the exception of Royal Rumble, because I started reading the dirt sheets a little bit more around Rumble time which is why I knew about Styles, but I don't know. I guess, I guess that has to be the best thing about walking away from doing the show for for a few months is I started watching wrestling as a fan again, and I like it so much more that I don't know all the behind-the-scenes bullshit. Yep. But I can't do this show and not know about the behind-the-scenes bullshit. So it's a double-edged sword because I love doing this show, but I also love watching wrestling as nothing more than a fan. I, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I enjoy watching it as a fan and much, so much more than, you know, okay, we got to talk about this, got to talk about that, got to talk about this, got to talk about that, you know. Well, and it's even more than that, though. It's whether, even if I don't have to talk about it, I have to research it anyway just in case I have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, for any example, for any typical Royal Rumble show, there are so many different rumors of the different people that could be entering the Rumble and who could be winning the Rumble and why. And I have to... As, as a host of this show, and to an extent a bit of a journalist, I have to research all these things and see how much truth I can find and reasoning behind it before I report it. As a fan, I have to turn the TV on and just watch. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. So, just, you know, there, there's a difference. Um I mean, I'll never go back, be able to go back to the way I watched wrestling as a, you know, 10-year-old. Oh, God, no. Even then, I knew I knew it was fake because I could mimic those moves in, you know, the front lawn with my buddies. Yep. But I wasn't able to pick a match apart the way I am now, and... No matter how much time I take away from this show, I will never be able to stop doing going. 
Well, you see, the reason he's favoring his right leg is because he had surgery on that and because he only gets, you know, jacked off uh, with his left knot. And I'm too analytical about it. I I can't just go, oh, look at that. Oh, my God, did you see what happened? I can't do that anymore. With the exception of some adamantly good matches, uh, much like AJ Styles' last few matches on Raw, because some of the shit that he's been doing, I've just been like, wow, God damn, this is why I love wrestling. So, it brings you back there are exceptions. Oh, yeah. Uh, hmm. Hard to say. All right, anyway, let's move on with some of the news. Uh, this is a story I've been meaning to talk about, wanting to talk about for a while. And I haven't kept up with it because I haven't been following the dirt sheets, but I've been wondering about it and obsessing about it. And it's almost... I, I, I go to start clicking on shit, but I'm like, no, I don't. I, I'm staying away from the dirt sheets because I want to watch wrestling as a fan. But he's not a wrestler, so why don't you go on the dirt sheets? Because you can't separate the two. However, there has been a lot of speculation lately on CM Punk's UFC future. And I love to hate CM Punk. (laughs) I really do because he was such a fucking great wrestler. One of the best that I've ever seen. And he brags so much about the fact that he is not a sports entertainer. He is a wrestler. And my dumbass, like a traditional fucking Mark, bought that shit hook, line, and sinker. And for... A good five years, I was on the CM Punk bandwagon. Come on, Derek. Can't tell me you weren't on the CM Punk bandwagon. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying I, I wasn't. I mean, I. He literally said that he's the best in the world, and to be honest, he he had a lot of amazing matches. That what made you think that he is amazing? I was literally at the Raw in Las Vegas, Nevada, where he delivered the infamous pipe bomb speech. Oh, I can only imagine how great that must have been to watch that live. I got wood. Just throwing that out there. Appropriate. The funny thing was that it was a double Raw, uh, because the next uh, Monday was 4th of July, so they filmed Uh. it next week. But, uh, yeah, I was there for the pipe bomb speech. I love that speech. I was like, my God, this guy is going to revolutionize wrestling. He is that guy. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm looking at the, I've got an entertainment center with just a bunch of random knickknacks and shit in my living room. And inside an Avengers coffee cup that my daughter bought me, uh, inside of that coffee cup is a CM Punk action figure. Oh, nice. When she bought it, she thought I was still a CM Punk fan. Uh, She didn't realize 
uh, I have completely turned against Bill Brooks and what a little bitch she's become. But I was such a huge CM Punk fan because he was that damn good in the ring. It wasn't his talk. I mean, well, it was. He talked a ton of shit, but then he turned around and backed it up and just did some of the coolest shit ever in the wrestling ring. Love CM Punk. Oh, yeah. And then he whined and cried like a little bitch, starting really with the pipe bomb speech. Cool speech, but still made him out to be kind of a whiny little bitch. Oh, yeah. And Vince turned around and did one, one of the very few times Vince has ever caved to a contract negotiation. Matter of fact, the only two that I know for a fact are Brock Lesnar and CM Punk. Both Paul Heyman guys, go figure. Can't can't blame uh, them for aligning with a good guy that could get them what they wanted. No, I don't blame them or Heyman. But in Lesnar's case, and, this, and, I, and I don't like Brock Lesnar, but I will give credit where credit is due. When Lesnar got what he wanted, he signed a contract. He's like, great, do with me what you will. Yep. You have this many dates. I will do whatever. You know, If you want me to fucking go out there and do a tap dance and sing the good ship lollipop, I'll do it. But you won't. You only get me for so many dates. Cool. Still hate Lesnar, but at least when he signed the contract, he adhered to it. Yep. My problem with Phil Brooks, CM Punk, is that he was, again, one of two people that basically held the fucking financial gun to Vince McMahon's head and then said, well, fuck it. You know, in this case, you win. Not many people do that. And what what did Phil do? I mean, literally, he bitched in that pipe bomb speech of, oh, I've jumped through so many of Vince McMahon's imaginary brass rings. Yep. Oh, so sorry. Um, I'm sorry. What did Vince McMahon do for you? He took you from an obscure bullshit wrestler in Ring of Honor, and he made you the biggest name currently in professional wrestling, with the exception maybe of John Cena. Oh, and he made you a multimillionaire. That son of a bitch. How dare he do that? Mm-hmm. And he had the audacity, because he made you a millionaire, to expect that you do your fucking job. I mean, what a dick. How dare he do that, right? It's horrible. Mm-hmm. That's just the freaking ego, you know? Oh, and it's all ego, too, because, you know, Phil sat there and said, well, fuck it. You know, I'm in really, really good shape, and he was in really, really good shape. And he was, you know, a big MMA fan, and he trained in some of the same places that some of the MMA guys trained in. And he's like, I can be an MMA fighter. 
I could be a UFC fighter. I could be the UFC champion. Haven't seen okay. anything yet, so. Well, then let's get to the current story that we're at. Good old Phil Brooks. And here's the real bitch of this is, is, you know, UFC as media people released their last video game, which features CM Punk as a fighter. Yep. Not not just the fighter, but they like ranked him as one of the best fighters in the game. The guy's never had a fight. Yep. Okay, well, let's go into a little bit of the history of it. Uh, uh, Dave Melzer, uh, who is probably the most respected journalist as far as professional wrestling goes, um, he writes for as as an independent uh, for basically every professional wrestling news magazine out there, uh, all the websites, and writes for his own uh, uh, organization, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Noted this week that there are numerous accounts that say Punk has been working hard but has not progressed well as a fighter. Punk has participated in live sparring sessions at the gym, and there have been a lot of rumors about how he looked, but it's been consistently said that he has not fared well. UFC uh, originally hoped for Punk, who was had to delay his training at times due to back and shoulder injuries. Uh, he was originally scheduled to debut in the fall of last year, that'd be 2015, mm-hmm. but suddenly he decided he had to have back surgery because of the big, bad WWE. Even though for two years you didn't know you needed back surgery, it was suddenly, oh, my fight's coming up, oh, but I'm going to have back surgery. Poor punk. Anyway, um... He was personally scheduled to debut in the fall of last year, but the injuries and surgeries got him that way, and the way he adapted to MMA caused some delays. Uh, UFC then looked at him having debut at the June 4th UFC 199 event in Los Angeles. That was changed when Punk underwent that back surgery. It's the same surgery, by the way, that Cain Velasquez had a few weeks before Punk. And just an FYI, Cain is booked to fight at UFC 200 in July 9th. But Punk is not. Um, Dave also mentioned uh, that the general feeling that Punk's first scheduled opponent, uh, Mickey Gall, will probably pretty much beat the living fuck out of him. It was pointed out, though, while he was obviously, uh, there was a lot of buzz around Punk when the fight date was announced. Um, UFC has been keeping quiet on Punk lately, and lately Punk has actually been keeping a very low profile on social media and everything else. The main reason behind signing Punk, of course, was major media attention and the fact that Punk 
is keeping his yap shut and UFC is keeping their yap shut is because they know it's total bullshit. <laughs> uh, Dave Melzer said he believes that if too much time goes by without a fight, a date being announced, that will be very telling of the whole situation, meaning that it will basically never fucking happen. And you know what? Part of me wants to say, you know what? God, I hope it doesn't happen because I will be able forever to consistently make fun of CM Punk without anybody being able to step in and say, but he did. So there's that. However, there's another part of me entirely that wants him to get in that ring, and I have never in my life ordered and paid for a UFC pay-per-view. I will pay for that one, or I will, actually more likely I won't, I will probably go to Buffalo Wild Wings down the street, I will order a pitcher of beer and a plate of wings, and I will watch him get the living piss beat out of him. And I hope that he gets beat so bad that he shits himself. <laughs> you heard it here first. Stephen James hopes that CM Punk gets the living crap beat out of him so bad he shits himself. Damn right. <laughs> I don't like being let down by my heroes, and I will be the first to admit that for a minute there, CM Punk was a bit of a hero of mine. He was, uh, I truly believed he was a guy that cared so much about wrestling that he was ready to re-revolutionize it, and he was in the process of it. But instead, he decided that a paycheck was more important. And he was exactly what I was saying about Ryback and everybody else earlier, that I will give him a certain amount of credit. He looked at Vince McMahon and said, this is what I want. If I don't get it, I'm leaving. And Vince went, this is... And I love the fact that, you know, I know Vince says that it was an unfortunate situation and timing that Punk was sent... um, his official termination papers on his wedding day. I don't buy that. That's just Vince being Vince. Vince went, he's getting married on the 4th. Get him the papers on the 4th. Yep. Why? Because you don't fuck with Vince McMahon. You fuck with Vince McMahon, you get fucked with. This is the way it is. Vince is just simply better at it than everybody else. Mm-hmm. You're not going to beat Vince, ever. Even when you beat Vince, like Brock Lesnar walks around going, I beat Vince. I got a private plane, and I got all this money, and I only have to show up 12 times a year. Good for you, Brock. Fantastic. You <laughs> yeah. talk about how you beat Vince. Vince is looking at, at, at the fucking base team and going, okay, Brock was here on the 12th. On the 13th, my deposit was... <laughs> I win. Yep. Yeah, don't beat Vince McMahon. It's just the way it is. You know, water's wet. 
air is air, gives you, you know, stuff to breathe. Food makes you not hungry. Vince McMahon will win a contract negotiation. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt about it. And I oh. love the fact, and I love the fact that fucking CM Punk turns around and says, fine, I'm leaving wrestling. Okay, well, bye, Phil. We're sure going to be sorry you're gone there, buddy. Oh, but I'm not leaving completely. Well, then what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to be a UFC fighter. Well, what experience do you have? Well, I was a backyard wrestler. What else? Well, I watched UFC on TV. And I've hired really good trainers. Oh, okay, Phil. So you're going to get your ass beat is what you're saying. Oh, no, no, no. See, I, 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 I'm, I'm a vegan. I, I, I train really hard and I only eat plant stuff. Okay. I guess the whole point of it is, is I really, I, I, I'm willing to pay for the pay per view or you know pay the cover charge of Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever. I actually like that one better because I really want a good good plate of wings and a pitcher of beer because I want to see him get the living shit beat out of him. Oh yeah, no doubt, and. It is now 3.12 a.m. Okay, well, then I guess we better get to our very last segment, which is uh, run over the uh, card for this Sunday's pay-per-view real quick and call this show a fucking night. God damn, time flies when you're having fun. Oh, yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. All right, well, let's run through this as uh, quickly as we can anyway. First match of the night, the pre-show, Dolph Ziggler versus Baron Corbin. What's your thoughts? Uh, well, Baron, Baron Corbin, to me, is definitely going to be part of this new era. And I think for him, he's going to have to break out on his own. He's going to have to get that win over Ziggler. But I don't think he's going to do it. I'm going with Ziggler. I disagree. I, Ziggler can't pull a fucking win to save his fucking life. I think Baron Corbin emerges victorious. And Ziggler, as much as he wants to be the next Shawn Michaels, can't do it. Because he's not Shawn Michaels. I know. He he has to stop being Shawn Michaels and be himself. That's the only way he's going to get to the top again. Yeah, he's a fine mid-card guy, and he's tremendous in the ring. Yep. But he's trying to be the past, and he needs to be the future, and he can be the future. Ziggler is really is one of my favorite guys. Um, yep. It's a shame that he's letting himself be relegated to this. But uh, I, 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 I think uh, the money goes with Baron Corbin because they're really pushing the NXT guys right now. All right, next up, let's go with the uh, tag team title match. New Day versus the Vaudevillians. I am going to go with the New Day. As am I, uh, mostly just because as great as the Vaudevillians are, they're tremendous ring talent. They're phenomenal. They really are. They have a stupid, stupid, stupid gimmick 
that they need to quit. Um, that's the only reason behind that. Um, I honestly think Aiden English and Solomon Gosh, they're, they're great guys. They're fantastic wrestlers. They're a great tag team. The gimmick is fucking retarded. But then again, I said the same thing about the New Day, so <laughs> go figure. Uh, but I, I'm going with the New Day on that one. Uh, the WWE, God, I'm glad to be saying this again, women's title champion, not the Divas title. God, I hated that. Charlotte versus Natalia. Um, well, what do you think? Well, I loved having having Charlotte as the as the now women's champion. You know, buddy, it feels really damn good to say that. I hated saying divas. Anyways, thank you. But yeah, Charlotte deserves to still be the women's champion. But eh, on one hand, it'll be nice if Charlotte keeps the belt. On one hand, it'll be nice to have Natalia have a reign. I'm going with Natalia on this one. I, I disagree with you on uh, on uh, on the winner. Uh, I am going with Charlotte only right. because for some dumb reason, and obviously I'm a big proponent of WWE, but some of the decisions they make are stupid. And the fact that Natalia has not had a good long reign as the women's champion still eludes me. I can't figure out why WWE is going to keep being stupid on this. She is the perfect women's champion. She, in my opinion, could very well be the next China because she's got the wrestling know-how. She's got the muscular build that is still very, very sexy because she's fucking hot as hell. Oh, yeah. But can still beat the living shit out of you. I think Natalia deserves to win. She deserves a long title reign. And then she deserves to get in the ring with some of the boys and kick some ass. And she's proved she can do that. But they're not going to do that because Charlotte's last name is what? Blair. Blair. So Charlotte's going to keep the belt for a while longer. And nothing against Charlotte. I, I, I think Charlotte is great. Charlotte is beautiful. Um, she's a fantastic and athletic reformer. She needs to get a little bit better with her razor uh, because she's a fucking hairy little bitch. <laughs> she really is. She's very, very hairy. That arm hair alone tells me that if she's not shaving that snatch regularly, she's going to look like She's fucking smuggling Chewbacca in her fucking ring tights, but um, <laughs> I, also I, lo- I love Charlotte. That uh, that mole's got to go though. Just get the mole, get the mole cut off. It's not attractive. This is not 1991. You're not Cindy Crawford. Cut the mole off. But I I, I love Charlotte. I, I I still think Charlotte. Awesome, but Charlotte is definitely going to win. Uh, United States Championship match: Callisto versus Rusev. Mm-hmm. Well, Callisto has had 
a couple good matches against against Ryback before Ryback, you know, took his ball and went home. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I got to say, Rusev is the Bulgarian brute. He is powerful. He is strong. But you know what? I'm going with Lucha, 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 Kalisto for the win. You know, uh, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that one. They are uh, they they are putting some uh, time, effort, and money and everything else with with Kalisto, and essentially they are trying to make him the new Ray uh, Mysterio. Yep. And and you know what? <laughs> it's fucking working. Yep. The fan, the fans absolutely love the guy. Uh, the The difference between him and Rey Mysterio is his English isn't as great. His mic skills kind of suck. Yep. But I, I think you put him with the fucking uh, voice coach for a little while and get him better on the mic, and he is the masked guy that they always hoped Ray would be. The biggest problem WWE had with Rey Mysterio is they kept him in a mask, and that's fine, except that he spent two years in WCW without the mask, and we yep. all know what he looks like. That's not the case with Callisto. They've got a chance to basically reboot that franchise, let them do it. They're doing it well, and quite frankly, the guy is, for a fucking cruiserweight little bastard, he's fucking cool. Yep. His in-ring moves are the shit. I just want to see better mic work from him. Uh, and they probably already do have him working with someone. So keep doing that. Or if you haven't started it yet, do it. But, yeah, code it. We've already seen Rusev with his little U.S. championship run with John Cena beat, and the only way I see Rusev winning this is if, you know, Cena's coming back the next night on Raw, and then they restart the John Cena U.S. Championship Open Challenge stupid shit. That's the only way Rusev wins, but uh, I actually, I I see the fact, I, I, I see Callisto running with it. Uh, next up, The Miz versus Kevin Owens versus Cesaro versus Sami Zayn. Ooh. One of the matches I'm looking forward to most of the night, by the way, uh, for several reasons. I love the fact that uh, Maurice is back, uh, but not as a wrestler. She's just there with The Miz. I, I don't know why that excites me about him, but it does. Uh, I don't know where the Miz went off rail, but I mean, remember it was only, what, four years ago that he was the WWE champion? Yeah, I don't know whose uh, Fruity Pebbles he pissed in or whatever, but... Uh... I, 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 I have not even been able to figure out why they fucking just killed his push in the ring, but then at the same time they killed his in-ring push, said, hey, by the way, we want to make you a movie star. And by the way, his Marine movies have been fucking great. 
I have not seen one of them yet, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to definitely take a look into it. But uh, for me, with this match, I mean, you got Kevin Owens. He's a former Intercontinental Champion. You got Cesaro, who's a former Intercontinental Champion. Of course, The Miz, the current champion. You got Sami Zayn. This will be his one of his first championship matches. I, me, I'm going to go with that Swiss Superman, Cesaro. I honestly, um, I, I want to see Cesaro win. I really do. That 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 would be my first want choice. That that, that is the man that I want to see win. Namely because Cesaro, he's the prime example of what a WWE superstar should be. Yep. He has consistently done whatever the company has told him to do, and he has done it well. And he, for a guy whose English is his second language, has great mic skills. I kind of I I don't know. I thought it was stupid to bring Zeb Coulter back and put him with Del Rio when you could have put him back with Cesaro. They 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 melded so well together. I, yeah. I love that. But Coulter's gone. Okay, fine. Cesaro is just about a perfect wrestler. I mean, there's nothing this guy does that I don't like, with the exception of his first U.S. title run. I thought that was very poorly handled. It didn't do well. But everything they've done with him since, they have built this guy up to be such a phenomenal badass that it's a shame that he has not had a world title run at this point. Yep. Having said that, though, I think they're going to keep making the same mistakes with Cesaro that they have been. And I truly believe that I'm honestly split on this one. And I hate to do it, but I I can't pick a horse in this one aside from it's going to be either Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. I'm leaning a little bit more to Sami Zayn just because they've already kind of established Kevin Owens yeah. Even though, even though Sammy's got a great following, but I think right now, in order to establish Sammy better, that he could use an IC title run. And and honestly, it breaks my heart for the Miz because this is a guy that is also very much like Cesaro, put his heart into soul into this business and really fucking, he climbed to the top of the ladder and then they fucking mishandled him and now he's like a fucking nobody except for the fact that his DVDs so well. Yeah. But I guess if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with Sami Zayn. Uh, just because I think they want to boost him a bit more. So my opinion on that. Uh, up next, the Usos versus the Bullet Club. Well, sorry, the club. Can't say Bullet because owned by somebody else. Anyway, Jimmy and Jay Uso versus Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, a.k.a. Festus. 
Does everybody remember Festus? Oh, my God, man, yeah. Biscuits and gravy! Good stuff, man, good stuff. Well, the Usos have been working alongside Roman Reigns, so they are staying relevant. But I got to say, it's nice seeing Carl Anderson get his chance in WWE, and it's nice seeing Luke Gallows back. I'm going to go with the club. I love the fact that Luke Gallows is back, and I love the fact that they're referring to him still as Luke Gallows. They didn't try to give him yet another stupid nickname. They stuck with the same one, which is his name. Um, But I remember the first time he got introduced as Luke Gallows when CM Punk was doing the Straight Edge Society with him and Serena. Yep. And I've known the guy was a tremendous wrestler since he was Festus. So, guys, Luke Gallows is great. And it's one of the things I do agree with CM Punk in his pipe bomb speech when he was bitching about misusing people like Luke Gallows. People forget that he was brought up at that point. But guy is great. And here's the thing with it, though, is... um, I think uh, we're, we're going to see a turning point. Right now, we're being basically kind of led to believe that uh, the Bullet Club and Anderson and Gallows are the bad guys. They attack and they do mean things. I, I think this is where we see the initial heel turn for the Usos. And the Usos are going to end up winning and being the bad guys in this one. So I'm going with the Usos. Not bad. Just, you know, my thought. But it is a tornado match, so that's going to be interesting. It's pretty much just a four-way fight. That's always fun. Oh, yeah. In the first ever, though, Asylum match, which is basically a, it's kind of like a Hell in a Cell match, but with a lot of weapons. We get Dean Ambrose versus Y2J Chris Jericho. That's an easy pick for me. Because um, God loves Chris Jericho. He loves putting new guys over. Mm-hmm. And that's just, this is going to be another example of that. Ambrose wins, period. It's going to be a damn entertaining, fun match, but Ambrose wins. No question. <laughs> well, this is going to be an, a unique match for us, but this is definitely right up Dean Ambrose's alley because he's he's done the hardcore thing ever since his uh, feud with Bray Wyatt and I'm going with Dean Ambrose. Ever since this feud with Dean Ambrose came out of Combat Zone Wrestling, CZW. That's pretty much hardcore wrestling at its finest. Combat Zone Wrestling said, you know, okay, ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, that's cute. We're worse. Yep. That's what I love about WWE now, though, because, you know, 10 years ago, guys like Dean Ambrose would have never gotten a shot because, oh, you're doing that hardcore thing with the combat zone or 
Oh, we won't touch you. But with Triple H at the helm, he's like, no, you know, if you got talent, you're in. Love yep. that. All right, so that brings us to the main event of Sunday night. I can't believe I'm actually saying this. I never thought I would actually be able to say this. Don't know if I'd ever want to actually say this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. The Extreme Rules match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, AJ Styles versus WWE Champion Roman Reigns. Yeah, it was real. I said it. Um, Son of a bitch. (laughs) I got to say, though, I mean, uh, when AJ debuted, he really started off with a bane, especially when he was in the Royal Rumble. But for this, I think they're going to keep the strap on Roman Reigns until until Seth Rollins comes back. Then I think it's really going to kick into a high gear with Roman's heel turn. I'm going, unfortunately, I want AJ Styles to be the world champion, but for right now, I got to go with Roman Reigns because they're going to keep the strap on him until Seth Rollins comes back. Maybe they're going to, maybe they're going to put Dean Ambrose in there too. Like a triple threat kind of scenario for SummerSlam. Maybe we'll see. I'm going to Roman Reigns. I actually, uh, I, I agree Literally 100% with exactly what you said. Uh, I, I I think Roman Reigns wins, but I think this... They've already been alluding to the heel turn with Roman Reigns. I'm not the good guy. I'm not the bad guy. I'm the guy. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah, he's going to... He's going to win, and he's going to do it slightly underhandedly. And we're going to—they've already kind of half-assed introduced the heel turn because, well, Vince isn't stupid, and he realizes, well, you'll figure. Uh, when he's going for the championship, everybody loves Roman Reigns. Yep. Make him the champion, champion. Everybody hates Roman Reigns. I know, right? Well, that's a WWE crowd for you. They're weird. But, so it's, you know, people used to say John Cena was shoved down our throats, and he was to a certain extent. I said this earlier, but Roman Reigns, but at least he not earned it. He, 15 years of working his craft, and I still hate John Cena. I truly do. I, I'm going to beat the shit out of the guy. And I probably would if he wouldn't kill me. <laughs> but Roman Reigns has had half that time, but He's related to The Rock and Rikishi and the Waltz of Owens. Yep. 
And great family legacies are wonderful. I'm not going to bitch about them. I mean, fuck, Randy Orton is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and he's third generation. So I'm not going to say that family legacies are bad. Shit, I look back at Teddy DiBiase, Ted Jr., phenomenal wrestler. It's a shame WWE wouldn't figure out a good storyline for him because he was truly, truly good. But that's a whole other issue for a whole other show. That's why Roman Reigns is getting pushed. He's got the look. He's got the size. He's related to The Rock. They just assume he's going to be great. But he's not. He fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's okay in the ring. I don't have an issue so much with the way he handles himself in the ring. He could be a hell of a lot better, because he could also be a hell of a lot worse. But his mic skills are fucking awful. He... They've hand-fed him catchphrases that should be said for the next 10 years. They hand-fed him the next, what? 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 Yep. Stephen, I'll... And he botched the fucking line, and it sucked. (laughs) Stephen, I am going to be right back in a little bit. Let somebody sleep. My issue with Roman Reigns has nothing to do with the fact that he truly could be one of the greatest of all time. I mean, he could be the next John Cena. And God knows I hate John Cena, but I respect John Cena. John Cena earned his place. John Cena has earned my respect. I will talk a lot of shit about John Cena. But I will never disrespect John Cena. Simple as that. I mean, Roman Reigns has not had that time to earn that respect. In five years uh, of busting his ass the way Cena did, sure, I'll respect Roman Reigns. And I know there's people out there going, well, he was part of the shield. Yes, he was. Well, you respect Dean Ambrose and Roman and Zeph Bonds. Yeah, but I respected them long before. They were part of the long before they were part of the long before they were part of NXT. Long before they were part of Florida Championship Wrestling. I know who these guys are. Knew who these guys were. These guys were part of Ring of Honor. These guys were part of Combat Zone Wrestling. I followed their careers because I followed the path of good indie wrestlers. I don't remember where the hell Roman Reigns comes from. Roman Reigns was a body that had the look and, don't get me wrong, athleticism. I'm not saying 
that the guy doesn't have skills. He's got some skills. You you don't get this far without some. But he just like walks around assuming that he's the next rock. But even Rock wasn't the rock. He spent many years as Rocky Maivia and Dwayne Johnson and that guy. He built and pushed and scratched and clawed and earned his reputation. That is true. I will agree. Roman didn't. Very true. That's well. I mean, that's why I've got zero respect as Roman Reigns as a champion. I like the guy. I don't be wrong. I mean, I think with another good three, four, maybe five years worth of work, that guy could be the next Rock with an acting coach and uh, can you teach personality? I don't know, but he could. Basically, I mean, if you just fucking tape duct tape him to Dwayne, he might be able to develop a sense of humor and a quick wit. That's what made Rock so popular, and that's what they're they're, they're missing out here. Oh yeah, Did he, the Usos actually got the quick wit thing. They can talk a, a bit of shit. Somebody says something, they can fire right back at them. They're not as good as The Rock, but they can they can keep up. Roman is a big fucking dunderhead. He's like, you know, you say something, he's like, that wasn't in the script. And that's what kills me, is he's got the look, he's got the in-ring ability, he's decent in the ring, not great, but decent. And that's what's keeping him from being the next huge WWE star, fuck, WWE Hollywood star. If he had, if you took Dwayne's, you know, intelligence and wit and put it into Roman's head, oh, my girlfriend will be creaming her pants now because he'd be the next huge action star. But they're not giving Roman movie titles and opportunities and all that because he's an idiot. Yeah, He's not true. that fucking bright. So. We'll, just, what it is. we'll just have to wait and see what the future holds for him. Yeah, I agree. But in the end, you know, Roman's going to win this Sunday, which is why, sadly, Extreme Rules is going to be an extreme yawn fest, but I'll still watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that is it for the night. Um, well, Eric, uh, uh, well, coming up this coming weekend, Outlaw Radio on Saturday night on Sky 106, you'll be listening to a pre-recorded interview that Billy, <clears throat> that bad Billy and I did with the lead singer of the band, one Danny Rossi. Listen live at 12 a.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, 
11 p.m. Central on Sky106.net. Variety out of the clear blue sky. Awesome. You got anything else you want to plug or any other interviews you got coming up? Uh, This coming Saturday, I have my show, The Drive Home, back on Rockin' Waves. Uh, Pretty much, uh, that's pretty much it, man. I actually got a good sign to close the show out, too. Oh, perfect. I was actually going to ask if you uh, had something to close the show out because that was one of the things that uh, we hadn't pre-discussed, so thank God you got something. All well, right, so... Huh? Well, be, well, being this how we talked about a wrestling show, let's hear Randy Savage rap. All right, well, before we do that... Uh, I would normally say two weeks from tonight we will be back. It will be just a bit less than two weeks because obviously this is Thursday night and we will be back not this coming Tuesday night but the following. Yeah, I know I'm getting back in the summer but not quite ready to do week for week so we're going to do every other week and, uh, well, that just gives us more to talk about. Uh, However, somewhere in uh, this time frame in the next month, uh, we are also going to be bringing back the Revolution Show. Derek, by the way, you are welcome to join that. I'm not sure whether or not Christian Marcus is going to be joining us, but it is election season, and there's a lot of things in this country we need to talk about. Uh, dear God, transgender bathrooms just really scratch the surface. So uh, keep an eye on the uh, AOW Productions Facebook page and everything else, uh, the Stunner and Rock and Waves and dear God, we have a lot of Facebook pages. But keep an eye on those, and I will keep you updated until then. Suppose for now, um, we'll see you in just under two weeks from tonight. Uh, not next Tuesday, but the following. Till then, Derek. Unless you have anything else, hit the music and get us the hell out of here. All right. A song that Randy Savage wrote dedicated to Hulk Hogan about his beef that they had. Here's Randy Savage. Be a man. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Good night, everybody. God bless. Don't make 
make me laugh. Cause your movies and your acting skills are both crap. Your movies straight the video, the box office can't stand. While I got myself a feature role in Spider-Man. You hide the man, but when I find you a thron. And when it's limited to the dirt, you'll be true ever born. I spell a coward, is that you, Hogan? My dude's gonna kick your butt in the slogan. You try to ignore me, thinking I'll go away. But I'm a team on this with you, dude, day after day. And once you step to my show, you're through. The joke's on you, so walk
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.